when a form of music that our children like becomes linked with ghoulish images and violent theatrics, it demands our attention. Hundreds of thousands of teenagers are locked onto so-called heavy metal music. I grew up metalhead. I love 80s. Yeah! 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 80s metal, like Metallica. Yeah! Yeah! What do you call this? Well, this piece is called I Lick My Love Pump. It's gonna be abrasive, it's gonna be sickening, it's gonna be hard to listen to, it's gonna be aggressive, and it's gonna fucking kick you in the fucking balls of the pussy. That's right. <laughs> it's gonna kick you in the fucking balls or the pussy. That's right. Equal opportunity <laughs> kicking. I, I like that you have all those folders on your computer that metal this and that and then kitten pictures. <laughs> 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 There's well, no, nothing more metal than that. Hey, man. Come on. Hey, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, it's fine. So, this is our podcast. Yes. Right? Yep. Oh, I wanted to start with Hey Guys, like every YouTube video. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, Hi guys. Hey, guys. Welcome to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do here? Well, this is uh, this is Somewhere in Time podcast. Um, the first episode ever. Um, this is going to be the first in a series of retrospective episodes, which will focus on the year 88. Because it's 2018. That's right. 30 years later. Yeah. And we'll talk about the music we were listening to in 88, which is lots and lots of metal, in yes. case you couldn't get uh, get that from the intro. Yes. Uh, Means you're kind of old too, right? Well, or we were really young when that stuff came out. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Start talking about hello, and I'm going to be right back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, I'm, I, yeah, I, I'm with Joe's going to get a beer. I'm with you. I am. I'm, I'm out. With you. He's going to get a beer. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Hello is more. I mean, that's so. Yeah. Yeah. People don't really, when they think of Guar, I mean, first of all, not a lot of people think of Guar, but if they do, <laughs> that's true. they're not thinking about Hello. <laughs> they're not. Um, and there's reason for that. The album is horribly produced. It's a punk album, pretty much. It is pretty much a punk album. I mean, there's, I, I wrote this down. There's 16 songs and the entire album is 38 minutes. It's a punk album. Uh, the longest track is just under four minutes. The average song length is two minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah, it, it pretty much is a punk album. It's yeah. like hard, hardcore punk with a splash of metal. Um, yep. But it's, well, go ahead. It's hilarious. There it is. <laughs> yes. It's, it's Oh my God. Start to finish. <laughs> that album is, it, I, I still laugh at it to this day. Oh yeah. I played it today and I was dying laughing. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> so, lyrics are so dumb, but they're so freaking hilarious. I mean, look, it, this is the, I guess this is the 12 year old in me. Yeah, still enjoying this crap, but it's funny as hell. Oh yeah, I mean the song about being in love with a dead dog, mm-hmm. <laughs> or I'll rape your dog with a plow. I'll rape your dog with a plow. Yeah. So it's okay, what the story of this album and how we discovered this yeah. band? So yeah, so how do? Well, go ahead. I'll let you tell the story. How we discovered? Uh, so we were watching MTV News, I guess, and there was a uh, yeah. It was a uh, Kurt Loader, right? Yep. Yeah. So they did two features. One was on Old Skull, which was a punk band with 12-year-olds. And then the other one was Guar. Mm-hmm. And we were blown away because there were these guys all dressed up with these giant masks with like <laughs> giant metal jaws on their heads. And, <laughs> and his name was Ballsack. Yeah. Ballsack the Gusher. And, <laughs> oh. No, the Jaws of Death. Oh, that's, I don't think that It was Jizmack the Gusher. Jizmack the Gusher and Ballsack the Jaws of Death. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't know who they were, but the music sounded hilarious. And then... The place where Eric had guitar lessons sold records, 
and they happened to have the Guar album mm-hmm. in stock, and it was the red vinyl version, which I still have. So we bought it, took it home, put it on, and commenced to laugh <laughs> for apparently what 30, <laughs> 38 minutes, thirty eight yeah. minutes, solid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because yeah. we could not believe what we were hearing. Yeah, <laughs> we covered them. Instinct covered uh, Guar. Yes. Um, one of the songs of the album, You Ain't Shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably two and a half minutes long. And, yeah. you know, jammed on it a few times. And then we actually recorded a demo. And we're like, well, are we going to do You Ain't Shit? And um, funny, for the time, our former drummer lived in Richmond. Guar is from Richmond. And he knew the guitar player in Guar, like the old guitar player in Guar. He wasn't with the band anymore, but his name was Steve Douglas. And I was like, well, I don't know if we need to get permission. It's a fucking demo. We're nobodies, so I'm not really worried about it. But can you talk to that guy and see if he cares if we record his song? He's like, yeah, sure. So he went, he called him and called us back and said, yeah, he said it's fine. Go ahead and record it. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. That made it official. Yeah, that's right. Like, so. Yeah, apparently he, had, he he said he actually wrote that song. Yeah. Really? So he he had the. He had the rights, I guess, to give. We never made any money on that. Well, right, no. exactly. So, it, yeah. <laughs> break. It's not like we could have paid him. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, I guess, I don't know. You're how not it getting works, royalties off this, buddy. Trust me. If it's a percentage, yeah, you you, you made it. Yeah. Zero. Oh, we didn't talk about. Um, <laughs> Did you say what it, with the. Uh, the billboard chart i'm not saying we didn't talk about that but uh i couldn't find anywhere of that album charting at all i don't think there was enough i'm sure it created facetious (laughs) no (laughs) so Uh, yeah i didn't get into this album until way after i'd even heard of guar yeah Yeah. so it was probably us playing it all over over and over again that made i know i heard about it because of you like that was the first time i heard it was was when i was at your guys's house but uh the album is so different than everything else they ever put out yeah musically it's it's i wouldn't say it's punk but it's it's not really metal you know it's just yeah it's just fast power chords yeah Uh, i saw something on wikipedia that said fans of the band either love it or hate it i think that's pretty accurate yeah and it's uh, it's not yes, it's not one that people like I said earlier it's not one people go to when they talk about when they think about Guar. In fact, yeah. Guar doesn't even talk about it. <laughs> like they said in interviews, they never mention it. And um, I think the guy that that portrayed Sleazy P. Martini, their manager, yeah. uh, said that he was in the recording studio when they were doing it, and which took a weekend, by the way. The entire <laughs> album was recorded in one weekend. It's uh, twice wow. as long as it took us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. We had eight hours. Yeah. But he said that uh, it sounded so horrible, he left the studio. He couldn't stay in the studio. He's like, they were they were butchering my band. Like, dude, your band sounded like shit anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty amazing how much better they got like, it quickly. Is. In yeah. one album, yeah. 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 Well, apparently I found on Wikipedia also that the song Black and Huge, <laughs> it sounds so classy <laughs> when I talk about it. The song Black and Huge. The song is awesome. Yeah. Apparently, that was written during the Hello Days because hmm. um, if uh, there are certain tapes and records you can find that have that as a, uh, a bonus track. Huh. Yeah, it may, well, I don't. I'd have to look at that. I look look for it to see if it's a you know sounds different um, or if it's the same. I, I assume it must be a different recording, but according to Wikipedia, which it could be wrong, but uh, they have to look on Discogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. See if we can should find sponsor this show, by the way. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Make somebody make that happen. 
Not one of us, though. Somebody else. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, somebody do the work for us. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot I had this pulled up, too. Yeah, the uh, oh, this album... <laughs> This album's only a minute shorter than that Testament album we talked about. <laughs> and there's 16 songs on this one. There's 16 songs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, I mean, like I said, it's just from start to finish, I, I I can't stop laughing when I listen to this album. Yeah. And there's a moment on the song World of Filth. I know Tim already knows, Tim already knows what I'm talking about. It's, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's so dumb, but it's just... Weird thing that's going on, like they, you know, about 20 seconds of the song, there's this part where it's just going. (laughs) And then throughout, like the rest of the song, there's moments where it's almost like someone sitting on a keyboard just pressing a button going, ugh. (laughs) (laughs) that's right and the song ends with like a you know someone sliding their finger down the the keyboard going yeah so bad oh it's fantastic i gotta say americanized holds up very well (laughs) yeah Yeah, you're saying they're profits right yeah i think that they (laughs) our climate of of the electorate somehow (laughs) i don't have the lyrics in front of me but i mean just, just the way they, they do the voices of the the Americanized people. Yeah. <laughs> Americanized. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the hypocrisy right afterwards. Yeah. Was he nine tons of crack a day? That's yeah. right. <laughs> nine tons of crack a day. That's the same song where he says, I'll rape your dog with a plow. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, like I said, the recording is so bad, though, that oh, yeah. um, clearly they weren't going for anything great. But there are moments on the album where... You can tell they weren't using a pop filter. I mean, during Dead Dog when he says, Oh, Pookie, Pookie, don't he, like, let me throw you over to the road. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like Pookie. Like the P is so <laughs> yeah. pronounced because he's right in the mic and he's just. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the charm of it, though. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I don't know. This album is. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's, uh, it's so bad, it's good, basically. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of nostalgia for us. I, I know that's a I'd lot say, of it. I'd say yeah. definitely. Yeah, I know that's <laughs> yeah. a lot of it. I know it is, but it's still, like I said, it still holds up to me. And it, maybe because of nostalgia, but it, it still makes me laugh every time I hear it. I never saw Guar live, which sucks. Um, yeah, I didn't because, either. With Odorous yeah. anyway. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, we still could, but it's pointless now because yeah. Odorous yeah. is gone. So. Yeah. I didn't want to get my, my clothes all shitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our brother Kevin went and he got a contact lens ruined because it got red blood die yeah. on it yep. <laughs> so his contact was covered in fake blood yeah. i mean i wish i had now but um, yeah there's a handful of bands like that i do remember we, we, um, did, we saw green jello live oh, and that I was did. not nearly as good it was i'm sure as what a gore mm. gore showed up in they, in fact they opened for testament didn't they i think oh, they gosh did. i think so yeah yeah it's crazy right they were well, they were Guar ripoffs, but they, yeah. at least they admitted it. They had a, remember yeah. Joe? They had a home video, and they were there was like a backstage scene, and they were actually quoting Guar lyrics. They were doing the Jacusto thing. I don't remember that at all. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have been on a hard and heavy. Actually, what bothered me about them was that they got popular. Yeah, you know what I found yeah. out? This is completely um, sidebar, but I found out that I didn't know Maynard James Keenan did the. Um, He's the, the pig. Yeah, he was the pigs in that song. I didn't know that. Yeah. The little little pig, little pig, let me. <laughs> or no, not, not not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. Yeah, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. Huh. Yeah, that's uh, Maynard. I didn't. Whatever know. that guy touches gets huge. Apparently, <clears throat> I guess. 
I yeah, I didn't like that. Whatever song. music he, yeah. I do remember speaking of home videos. We had, um, well, I think it was right after Scum Dogs, live from Antarctica. Remember the home video we had? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of watched it all the time. And I brought it to my friend, my friend's house after school one day. And you know we were in like eighth grade. <laughs> and if anyone knows about Guar's live shows, they know what goes on in those things. We're sitting in his living room just watching oh, no. this video, and his dad comes home from work. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> luckily his dad was a pretty liberal guy he was a British guy and he walks in and he's like what in bloody hell are you watching <laughs> oh dad Simon Strahyman <laughs> <laughs> oh he's just well, jizzing all over the audience it's no big yeah it's fine <laughs> <laughs> he's raping a dog you know no big deal yeah, he, needs, he needs human sacrifices for the giant meat yeah. grinder on stage it's fine <laughs> I, I think you know. I, I think Joe's right. And in, in the grand scheme of things, it, as far as their best albums, probably not their best album. But, no, no, but it's no, still one of my not. favorites. Like it's still. Anytime I listen to Guar again, if I go back and listen to these bands, I'm usually picking between the first three albums for Guar. Um, yeah. So, you know, Scum Dogs is probably Scum Dogs. Yeah. Most consistent. Um, I think War Party is. That's is actually a good album too. too. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot they, about that. They got really good again on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were moments like this toilet earth where you're like, eh. Yeah. What are you guys doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they got they got better. Um, there's a few albums in the 2000s that were pretty good too. Yeah. We'll get to those in 30 years. <laughs> or, <laughs> That's right. My introduction to ministry was there was a video on uh, when Metallica was doing the Monsters of Rock tour. They were interviewing Kirk. all the bands from the Masters, uh, Monsters of Rock tour, and they interviewed Kirk, and yeah. they were asking him about what music he's into. And he immediately said, oh, there's this band Ministry. They're amazing. And they showed a clip of the video for Stigmata. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Fe- freaky and fucked up. And yeah. So how, come, know, how come when it's King Diamond, it doesn't matter if Metallica likes him, but when it's Ministry, it does... <laughs> No, I, that is not the point at all. I oh, gave okay. King Diamond a shot, and I was like, "Oh, you like this? This is terrible." <laughs> I'm not saying that I liked. I liked it because Kirk liked it. I'm just saying that. Oh fuck it! It's a cool. Yeah, I get what he's saying. Eat your words, motherfucker. That was my. That was my segue to how I heard about ministry. Oh, it's a good segue though. Another, another. Yeah, it is a good segue. Thank you. Yeah. He's <laughs> just trying to rally you up. <laughs> it worked clearly. <laughs> so the album we're talking about now for Ministry is the Land of Rape and Honey. Um, I don't have any stats on this. I didn't pull it up. Like what? Mm-hmm. Like what? Sh- like, how it charted and yeah, all that shit. We haven't uh, talked about that <laughs> anyway. There's no so. way it, it. You know. Yeah, but it must have been weird for people who are already Ministry fans for the or like Twitch and the. Other oh stuff. Well, well, yeah. You I mean, know, this is this is the first Ministry album that people say pretty much was a real Ministry album. The first two yeah. albums these guys that Al Jurgensen put out. Al Jurgensen said that himself. That yeah. it's the first real Ministry yeah. album. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. good reason because. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, but that's you know we were talking about earlier about bands that our wives like. My wife likes Ministry, but she likes Ministry more from their first two albums because uh, she was heavily into that Depeche Mode and yeah, it was like 80s all the new, yeah, Smiths all the new and all that stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, she still likes. I mean, she still likes this album. She likes their their later stuff too. But she's, you know, she's actually one of the only people I know who's a fan of pretty much everything they did from the '80s all the way through the '90s. You know, so she should have been on this. <laughs> <laughs> Hun, tell us why you like the first two albums. 
Please explain. <laughs> he sounded like, uh, I like it. I want that. <laughs> Margaret. <laughs> Margaret. Margaret. <laughs> what do you reckon? Uh, <laughs> you guys no. Life. I was going to ask you why you liked. Why did you like the first two ministry albums? Because they were fun. They were fun. Fun. And they're kind of silly. Talk into the mic. The ministry Come over here. <laughs> New special guest. Special guest. Hi. Because they were fun and poppy and kind of goofy. Every day is Halloween is a great song. What album was that on? Twitch. Sympathy. With sympathy. Sympathy, The first album. Uh, Now I don't need pizza pockets. Okay. What? Margaret. (laughs) (laughs) Wife. Pizza pockets. (laughs) Go. Uh yeah. So I didn't. I didn't even realize they had two albums before this. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. They are, they I figured they might have. I didn't know. You should check them out. They're really shitty. They're really, no. I won't. Yeah. I mean. It's, yeah. If, if you listen to any of this, you know, pretty much anything from this on, it is. It's not the same band. Like I don't know if you guys yeah. uh, know Bad Religion. Uh, their second album that they came out. I forget the goddamn name of it, but they pretty much tried to be a. A, a new wave band, or hmm. you know, added keyboards, and it is just heralded as the worst fucking. It's not even a punk album. It, it's just horrible. Why would they horrible do that? shit? Huh? Why? Why would they do that? Heroin. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's just a weird choice. Good yeah. reason. <laughs> well, I, I, so a lot of the reason this album is the way it is, I think, I think is because this was also the first album to feature Paul Barker, who was yeah. a bass player, oh, okay. um, which you can kind of, I don't know if you listen to the live album, there's a lot more bassy stuff on, on that, on the live album yeah. where they play a lot of the stuff from this album. Yeah. Um, also way heavier. in case you didn't feel like show up in case you didn't feel like showing up as the name of that album. Yeah. So. Way heavier. Yeah. Really, really good album. Yeah. too. Um, but I remember speaking of live stuff, Tim, didn't you hear them driving around, Delivering pizzas, you could hear them playing. Oh yeah, Lollapalooza. yeah. Like it? Keith, you've mentioned several shows that you regret horribly not going to. Yeah, Lollapalooza '92 would be the one for me because I was delivering pizzas at the time and I could hear because they were playing at Lake no, Fairfax. '91 would have been when Ministry played. Was it '91? Yeah, because '93 was the first show I ever went to, and that was the third one. '92 well, was the one with Pearl Jam and. Uh, was that in Reston? It was in yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. It was at Lake Fairfax. Lake Fairfax. Lake Lake Fairfax. Yeah. <laughs> was it so, the, were they next to the pet farm? I guess I don't. I was very close. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Right down the be, street from that. Yep. I was delivering pizzas. I could hear the show. I was like, "Why am I not at the show? Yeah. Yeah. This is stupid." All these huh. bands that I love, I was like, "I can hear them playing, and I'm not there." Because I had to yeah, work. Gibby today. Haynes, Gibby Haynes of uh, of Butthole Surfers walked out in a diaper, with, uh, in a cowboy hat. <laughs> and pretty in two shotguns. Oh my god! And just started firing, ran, and just shooting. And of course, you know it was all it's blanks. blanks. Yeah. Right, right, right. Of course. But one way or another, yeah. I mean, the, the like Rollins band, uh, freaking uh, body count. I mean, oh, goddamn, why the god. fuck did we have to go? <laughs> but yeah, you could hear. I mean, I could hear. You could yeah. hear that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, just driving around. I mean, I think it was one of the first and last shows to ever, yeah. especially metal shows yeah. to be played at Lake it, Fairfax. Yes. Yeah. I think they got lots of complaints from lots it of neighbors. It did not go over well. Y- yes. Uh, yeah. People parking on Route 7 and all that stuff. Yeah. The, yeah. the second tour of uh, 92 of Lollapalooza did not play the same thing. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
but uh, Joe, you said you you didn't like this album the first time you heard it, which was a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and then it started growing on you. No, no, no. I I th- I would say that I didn't ever hear the album. Okay, I thought you uh, said you didn't like it when we re- we first were I, saying. Let's- I'm not a big. I I don't consider myself a big ministry fan. Okay, but then I put this on. It was a couple of days ago. Okay. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is yeah. like, it's, it's awesome. It's a weird. And then, I, and then I'm like, wait, this is 1988. Yeah. 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 This yeah. kind of makes it even fucking more awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. this is way ahead of what shit should have been. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you listen to the yeah. Nine Inch Nails album that came out a year after this and this album was way heavier than that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Heavier. Yeah, the their their debut, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I, I kind of felt like that's one of the problems with doing these these things. As you're like, oh, I, I fucking whiffed on that one. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But it's it's a but strange album too. Shit, this is a fucking well, heavy, oh, yeah. awesome mention, album. Yeah, it, it's such a great album. But not to mention, I mean, let's face it. This is not Psalm sixty nine. No, no, not you know, at all. This is this is not like the right. It's not know, their best album. Their best album. Not I mean, even close. Exactly. That's yeah. that's that's what makes this even cooler. Yeah. That you know we're talking about it because yeah. it it is stigmata. Is yeah. Great freaking tune. Deity I mean, and yeah. what's the oh, yeah. song? There's there's one song where I, I, the lyrics kind of made me cringe a little, but I. <laughs> Maybe and flashback. It was flashback. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a, oh, it's probably like not a, a good. Face. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's shit not good. Neck. It's, it's very anti. It's very oh, violent against women. But <laughs> I love that song. Though. Oh, that's great. It's <laughs> fantastic. I, well, yeah, but it's it's. I know it's, it's. It doesn't hold up today. If it came out today, like it would be vilified. But at the same time, like he's just he's just thinking like yeah. shit. Like, it's other people's fault if if they claim that as a a reason to commit violence. But I that was my only thing, and and I felt like conflicted because I'm like, right. oh, it's fucking awesome song because he doesn't <laughs> yeah. just say her. It starts off with him, yeah. right, right. So it's just a violent. I song. think it's just yeah, it's just hatred toward everyone. Yeah, really. it's which like, is and kind of his mo. Yeah, yeah, which, exactly. Which yeah, he's yeah. kind of a crazy motherfucker yeah. too. He's yeah. pretty weird. He's pretty out there. <laughs> he's legitimately crazy. Yeah, I can't believe he's yeah. still alive. Yeah, I know. I know. He it's kind of, yeah. yeah. I think he's almost died a couple times. Actually, I think, I think so, yeah. He, yeah, he, yeah, he should have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's interesting about this album, I thought, was the first three songs are pretty guitar heavy yeah. and they're pretty like, yeah, and there's vocals all over the place, and then it gets into this weird area. Yeah. Where it's just like nothing but instrumentals and samples. And, yeah, and it gets kind of weird. It gets a little boring. Yeah. And then once Land of Rape and Honey, the, the title track comes oh. back out. It gets, that song is awesome. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that drum beat is like, yes! Oh, yeah. How could just yeah. a simple sample drum beat sound so good? Well, that's actually, it's interesting you asked that. Because one of the questions I asked for you, Tim, was as a drummer, it's not really a spectacular album. No, it's all a drum it's, machine. But it's, it's yeah. a really good example of simple drums being used effectively. Yeah. And I mean, they're fake, but they're simple beats, and it's like this is really well done because that could go yeah, yeah. awry if you do it wrong. Of course, yeah. But yeah. I love it. I love. Uh, oh, it's great. I mean, there's yeah. well, 
Ministry is kind of known for repetition, and it works to their detriment sometimes. I think in this case it works pretty well, but sometimes it's like, oh, my God, will you fucking get on with it? Well, well, I would say industrial music. I mean, industrial as a genre, I mean, it, that is the biggest thing about it is it's the repetition yeah. and the layering of it. It's how much shit is going on, and, you know, you practically need, you know, a good headphones or, or a stereo to yeah. really – get all mm-hmm. the intricacies of it which one reason why i probably i mean i love skinny puppy i i, I like you know i i would love to love ministry but i just don't you know get into enough of their stuff uh but they peaked they peaked in like yeah. from like 88 to 94 ish yeah and after that they kind of yeah it's kind of yeah i mean exactly i mean one thing about al jurgensen and you know jg thurwell if you guys know fetus at all but they, they just did too much shit with, you know, different, you know, that weren't under the same monikers. You know, for the most part, uh, Al Jurgensen had, uh, you know, what was it, a thousand homo DJs, mm-hmm. um, uh, Revolting Cox. What was the uh, most recent one? The meth, Surgical meth, meth Machine. Surgical Meth Machine. Yeah, that's another yeah. one. And then Palehead, of course, the thing he did with Ian MacKay, um, which I don't understand that group. I mean, how the hell do you have the guy who created Straight Edge? Working, <laughs> the opposite of who's Screeter. done more drugs than the He's state of done Texas. All the drugs, <laughs> I mean, yeah. but yeah, I mean, exactly. Al Jurgensen is just one of those guys that just never stops writing and working, and yeah. just needs to maybe take a vacation. <laughs> well, I think he did for a while. Yeah, he, he, he was kind of yeah. out of the spotlight. You know, um, I, so you guys, you and Eric and and Tim, you are big on like not getting into vocalists that don't do things like King Diamond, like guys who don't do what you like. Like I, I feel like for me industrial when we were younger was, was that genre that I kind of, you know, I, I I didn't get into nine inch nails or ministry as much because I, I, for me, I just felt like, well, it's not really, you're not really playing the notes. So, uh, I felt like it was, I don't know if it was cheating, but I, I just, I, I didn't feel like it was, it was pure. Like the talent level wasn't there maybe, or I don't know if it was, a, I didn't care about talent. It was just like, it, it's not, you're not actually doing it. It's not, it's not, it's real. manufactured. Well, yeah. that's so, the way I feel about most pop music these days. Yeah. So, so Well, that's <laughs> fine. I just, um, so going back and listening to this album, I, it's probably my first time. I can't even think of a time when I listened to this album before, but I sure. never, I, I never got that feeling of like, well, this is bullshit. <laughs> and I never, even the part you were saying where it gets like slower or just, yeah, um, yeah, more atmospheric, I, and I, they, yeah. they, for me, they were just enough of each part to where they come good with it. Held your interest, yeah. Like yeah. it's it's the perfect length of an album. Of that type that I like, yeah. Um, so, but but for I, I felt like like shit, man. Like they, this is I, this is really good. I I should have listened to this. <laughs> it's another one of those I yeah. should have fucking listened to this a long time ago well, Joe, and had a more open drown? mind, huh? Did you get into Drown? The band Drown. Oh, I loved them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought they were kind of similar to this. They were, and I, and it's funny you mentioned that because I was actually thinking like. Well, Drown's not as innovative as I thought. <laughs> yes, yeah. this has already been done, yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. the production on that album, uh, 
of uh, the ministry album for 88. Yeah. It sounds uh, uh, just amazing. Yeah. That's all, that's all Al Jorgensen, right? I mean, was there another guy producing that? I don't know. I don't, I don't know I either. Know. I just, it just sounds great. Yeah. There was a point where I'm listening to this. I'm like, I can't believe this is 1988. Uh, yeah. He produced Al Jorgensen vocals, guitar, programming, production, engineer. He did pretty much everything except the bass. Paul Barker, Paul Barker played bass, keyboards, and some programming. Um, yeah. So and production too. So it was basically Al Jorgensen and Paul Barker, and they they were kind of the tag team that did all their best albums pretty much. Yeah. I mean, if you go back and look, like I said, from like '88 to even up through, I think he left in 2004. So hmm. you know they put out some clunkers yeah. after after like Filth Pig. They put out like Dark Side of the Spoon and some yeah. other ones that weren't as good. But yeah, I I, I love Ministry, and I to this day, I mean, I, I haven't listened to their latest album, but. It's okay. No, I did. I did. I listened to the most recent one. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're they're definitely they definitely peaked from you know late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, mm. I don't know. I, I remember a, a quote from Al about like you know writing and uh, you know what his what he thinks his best work is, and he, he <laughs> flat out he he said, well, you know. Um, Oh, because this was uh, this was right when Bush became president. <laughs> oh, okay. Flat out said, you know, I guarantee you, you know, like, oh, we're going to start right making great albums again because oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I have a lot like, of material. When, when, whenever, yeah, when, when, whenever there's a Republican in pre- like as the president, I just am so pissed <laughs> off that I just write so much. All the best ministry material is all during Reagan and Bush. <laughs> when well, was that from? Do you know? Was that recent? That, that quote, that quote, that quote was, I think, from you know. Oh, you said it was right when, when Bush got Bush, okay. Bush the second, yeah. Because I, I feel 2000, like 2001. I feel like he's become more of a uh, just anti-politics in general since that time. I think that pretty much he just hates the establishment. Like he doesn't. Yeah. I don't think he believes in any sort of. I mean, he, if he could be an anarchist, he probably would. Yeah. But because <laughs> uh, I just, I, I, I feel like there's some albums where he's picking on even like Clinton and stuff like that too. So yeah. Um, Good. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> suck too. So good. Yeah. And he hates drummers, apparently. So he says. I'm not really? sure how serious like, he is, but yeah, he's like. Legitimately? He, he, but he just says you can program all that shit. You don't need to actually have a guy doing it. Um, yeah. well, but they have drummers live. Bill, I know. Yeah, Bill Rieflin I know. Is, is his drummer. Yeah, I don't think he was. And the drums live are awesome. I know. <laughs> they are awesome. Seriously, go, in case you didn't feel like showing up, I listened to that album today, actually. Oh, um, man, it's so good. And I forgot how good Stigmata Live is. God. That. Good Lord. <laughs> bang! Bang! Oh, at the end where he's like, fuck everyone. Oh, it's fuck awesome. the church. <laughs> fuck Jesus. <laughs> fuck it all. I'm like, yes. <laughs> That it resonates great. with me. That's a great <laughs> album. I'm telling you, Joe, we'll listen to that when we're done with this. I'm like, good, good Lord. Yeah, that album's fantastic. So and it's short. It's like, it's, yeah, it's an EP, it's basically. EP, it's yeah. like seven songs, I think, or six songs. So. What is it? Say it again. In case you didn't feel like showing up, yeah. it's a live album from 1990. 
Well, so yeah, I mentioned that I, I remember hearing Kirk from Metallica talk about them, but I don't think I actually really got into them until it may have been even after Nine Inch Nails. I don't remember. Do you remember, Tim? I don't. Uh, we got into Nine Inch Nails. We liked um, Pretty Hate Machine. We didn't like that album. We only liked the video. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I got the album and I was like, eh, I don't like it. And then we they put out the Broken EP. Broken, yeah. And then that was '92, and we liked that a lot. And we went back and got back into Pretty Hate Machine. So uh, the Ministry stuff was also around '92 when we really, really. I, I actually that's what I thought. I got that's into. I, thought. I was into this stuff, but I don't think you really were. Because yeah, because I do remember the the live album. So yeah. maybe I did like. I, maybe I. I yeah, know. I think I think I think it was this. I think it was this live album that got us into him. Because yeah. I remember I had this yeah, before I, so. I had the actual Land of Rape and Honey album. I heard these songs. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. So I went back and got the actual album. Yeah. yeah. So that was around 90 when the, that album came out, the uh, the live thing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 90. Yep. So I remember the, um, for me, this is like bringing back when you're talking about ministry and um, Nine Inch Nails. Because I, I think I was pretty like, not totally against them but they weren't my thing you know when we were right. in high school um and then now i go back and i listen to them and like i i i like a lot of that stuff yeah that's um, funny i mean i i think that's a positive thing really i do and too looking at but it like it's like it's like frustrating but it's still cool one of the things that is actually good about getting older is like <laughs> You hear a song that you fucking like now, and you're like, fuck it. I don't give a shit. I like yeah, it. That's true. <laughs> I don't that's care true. if my friends fucking think I'm that's cool. really true. Who, like, yeah, who, who is there to judge you anyway? So uh, Slayer, South of Heaven, was released on July 5th as a summer album. Hmm. Um, I don't remember it coming out. I don't remember. I mean, I remember listening to the hell out of it, but I don't remember when it came like, out. Yeah, I can, I can tell you how that happened, but, but we'll go ahead. <laughs> Continue. But... Uh, Got to number 57 on the U.S. charges. It actually isn't bad for That's them. That's not bad. 57 is yeah. pretty good for a thrash band in 88. Um, yeah. And that was before Justice, right? So that's yeah. pretty good. That's not bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, one thing I haven't talked about with all these albums is what the number one album of that, uh, you know, that uh, that week when it came out, what the number one album was that week. What was it? It was Van Halen, OU812. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Van Hagar. Yeah. Um, I can't think of a way to connect those two albums. <laughs> no, no. There's no six degrees of Kevin Bacon for that or whatever it's called. I don't no. think. Yeah. <laughs> well, so Tim, why don't you talk? I don't, I mean, you said, well, you have- okay. Uh, when this album came out in 88, I was not really a Slayer fan. Mm. I, I had rain and blood and I liked parts of it. Mm hmm. But in '88, I, yeah. Well, I eventually like, did what? like. I liked it eventually, but it took me a while to come around. I was, it was too much for me at the time. It was just too much. It was like, I like the heavier parts, but the super fast stuff. I was like, ah, I don't, I don't know about this. <laughs> so, this guy at school, uh, and I was in high school at the time. I was a. Uh, when this came out, I was just going into twelfth grade. So, he had the cassette. And I was hanging out with this other guy. This other guy, we always fought about. He was a big glam guy. Mm. This is a different friend. And I was a thrash, you know, full-on metal guy. And we argued constantly about what was better. And I was like, you know, Metallica and Slayer are going to stand the test of time. Your crap's not going to last more than a week. (laughs) And (laughs) 
<laughs> was, and you were right. I was right. Yeah. It was well, obvious. His stuff, his stuff has an XM station. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, and and actually, there were so, two guys who were glam guys, and I was the metal guy. And we all rode in the same car to and from school. I had to ride in the back seat. This guy rode in the front seat. So I got the cassette, and I said, can we listen to this? And he put can it in. and <laughs> yeah, Can we listen to this, please? please? So he put it in, but he put it in, and it was rewound to side two, which starts with uh, Ghost of War. And Ghost of War starts with this weird thing where, like, it sounds like the speakers aren't turned on or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah it's, kind of it's like everything's turned off. Right, you know? right. So he turns the stereo way up and I was like, what's wrong with this? What's, what, what's wrong with this thing? And then it comes slamming in. It's like, God, and it gets all mad. God damn it. And he's like, fucking Slayers suck. And uh, he got about, he got through that song and the next song came on and he ejected the tape and threw it at me. <laughs> and he's like, sucks. I'm like, man, it's yeah. not uh, asshole. And then he put in poison. So he put in some other shit. And then uh, I got home and I played side one and side one of the album is a lot better than side two. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I, I wasn't that impressed away. with side two, it, even in, you know, in the car, I was like, this isn't like great. Like ghost war was great, but the rest of it was kind of like, I don't know, but goddamn, side one was fucking awesome. Yeah. So I grabbed you, Eric. And yeah. I said, I know we don't, neither of us really like Slayer, but this is really good. Yeah. And it was, I think it was because they did rain and blood and they kind of took it as fast as it could go. And I think, the only thing they could do from there was kind of slow it down a little bit yeah. and add some dynamics and add some different, you know, just different sounds. And it was, to me, it was like, this is so much better yeah. <laughs> than Rain <Yeah>. and Blood. <laughs> well, who and, was, uh, I mean, did, did Rick Rubin produce Rain and Blood yeah. also? He did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He kind of fixed them because the stuff before that was all drenched in reverb. Well, yeah, we could talk. I mean, I listen to, you know, whenever we do these, I look at, I listen to their catalog and I went back to yeah. like show no mercy and God, Show no mercy <laughs> sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, you talked about glam. There were some riffs on that album that almost sounded glam. Like I was like, what? What is this? This isn't even. This yeah. kind of sounds like Slayer. Like, but geez, yeah. yeah Their first album was not bad. Well, yeah. Venom's album "Welcome to Hell." I'm I'm guessing they were fans of Venom. Oh, I'm sure. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and they have a lot of riffs that were very glammy sounding too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on that album. Yeah, even though they're they're also. You know, heavy and fast in other parts. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were really drenched in reverb, though. That was like the vocals were just just so much reverb and so much echo. And Did Rick Rubin produce that album? No, he produced... The first album he produced for them was... Uh, for Slayer, I mean, it was Rain and Blood. Yeah. And uh, he just basically said, we're taking all that reverb out and we're letting the instruments kind of stand out more and making this really dry so we can hear everything. Yeah. And it helped. A lot. So Keith, you think this is their best album? Can you say that? I, I mean, that's a toss-up. I would honestly not say South of Heaven is their best. I'd say Rain and Blood, and then I'd even say Seasons is I would even better than South. Yeah, I agree with that. I like Rain and Blood, See, and, and Seasons is the best better. That's funny, because I, I went back, I listened to like, I listened to everything all the way up to the most recent album, which the most recent album is not very good. Um, yeah. But I actually found myself like digging the two before that. And I was thinking, man, I, 
I don't, I don't know. Rain and Blood is good. There's some great songs on that one, but I, I'd probably put it like number four, quite honestly. Gee, <laughs> I know it's crazy, but I think Sal of Heaven of those three, what's that? Eighty-six to ninety. That's I, I'd have it. Seasons, Rain and Blood, and then South of Heaven. I think that's their peak for sure. Yeah, of course. I think that uh, obviously those are the big three that people always talk about. But I, yeah. I don't know. Rain and Blood to me is it's got a couple of their classics, but to me. I don't know. South of Heaven and Seasons are my big two. And then, you know, yeah. if I go back and like, I I didn't, I don't know. I liked, um, actually like Christ Illusion a lot, which kind of caught me off guard. I didn't, <laughs> like there were a bunch of songs that I'm there. I'm like, that's pretty damn good. Um, <laughs> so I might even like that better than Rain of Blood. People are going to crucify me for that. No pun intended, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> well, Divine Intervention, I like a lot too. That's one of my favorites. That, one yeah. You know what? Seasons. That was another one that I, I'd listened to it and I didn't really remember it being great but it was a lot better than i remember it being yeah that's pretty good um yeah the, the thing I, I noticed most on the listening to this again a, a couple times the drumming is just it's too much for me <laughs> what? Oh. Like every it's too every much every riff every bar ends in a mega fast lombardo's <laughs> drum solo basically and it's like come on dude like, we, like, we it, get it You're there was fast. a lot of showing off going on back then yeah that album is the worst for that <laughs> Also, the solos are fucking horrible. On this album. <laughs> yeah, not they're not them. great. They're the worst solos that they've done, I think, on any of their albums. <laughs> well, this even is, in Rain and Blood, they, they don't try to do as much. So yeah. the solos kind of fit better. This is another one of those albums we talked about last episode with Danzig. There were a couple songs on that album where the solo was in one channel. I think yeah. every solo on this album is in one channel. Like, you could actually take, if you're listening to earbuds, you could take one of your earbuds out and just hear the rhythm part. Yeah. Oh, and then so that's those, the key. <laughs> you know, yeah. The solo. If you want to listen to it, if you, maybe you'll like it more, Joe, if you listen to it without just one channel. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, God, the first side of this, and I, I know people listen to CDs and it's not really sides anymore, but mm. that first side of this is so good. I mean, song for yeah, song, think, it's like, geez, God damn. Yeah, I good. think some of my favorite songs by them are the first half of this album like yeah. if i'm ranking my favorite slayer songs it's it's half of this album. I, well that's so, like so I, as you say that i would say seasons it's the reason why i think seasons is better than this as, as tim you mentioned the yeah. second half of this album it, it, it falls starts off, off incredible yeah. and then it, it just kind of isn't as good yeah. seasons from start to finish yeah that's i think that's their best album seasons yeah, yeah. yeah. born of fire i could do without born, yeah yeah so, but I mean, and then, you know, there's on South of Heaven, there's a cover, so you could take that out. Yeah. And I mean, I, I like it's the cover part though. of the album, but at the same time, if, you, if you're if you looking at that album as, as the, the original songs by Slayer, it's, I don't know, I think it's comparable to Seasons by far. And, you know, I don't know. I guess yeah, you're crazy. Know. You're nuts. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I know. I, I, I mean, know. I don't really think there's much to argue uh, considering. I mean, even if you don't think Rain and Blood is their best, let's face it, those three are I, I, everybody's top four at the very least. Right, right. Fa- yeah, I'm yeah. very surprised to hear they aren't your top three because they should be. <laughs> but uh, um, I think God hates us all. I like better than than South of Heaven too. That's so a good I, I I couldn't get into it. I liked it this time, but I I listened to it again recently, and I was like, okay, there's maybe two or three good songs. Go listen to Payback again. The song Payback. Yeah, that's a good song. Oh, that's a good song. Bloodline's a good song. Disciple. Yeah. Of Is course. it a bitch motherfucker? Yeah. 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 I mean, but <laughs> oh. other than other than the, like three or four songs on that album, I wasn't I wasn't digging it. So I think I actually like um, Christ Illusion better than the album. Nah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Tim says no. Well, that's fine. You can say no. I mean, I think everything after um, seasons is kind of a, you know, it's all up for grabs. Yeah, that's you know, true. Whatever you I say mean, for that, it's kind of like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah what about I mean, uh, the, the album that they themselves hate? So, uh, is it uh, Musica and the oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that song, that album's terrible. I never. <laughs> yeah. The drums sound really good on it. The production of the drums is really good. <laughs> and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. And their latest album, I think they just, you know, Tim, talk, you talked about earlier about the fact that yeah. they just do, you know, Rain of Blood was just a million, bow- yeah. a million miles an hour, just yeah. nonstop. They kind of went back to that formula. They did. With the new album, and it's it doesn't work. But I it's think just, it's also the yeah. fact that there's no more Hanneman. I don't know how much. Yeah. I don't even know if I, any of the stuff on this latest album was written by Hanneman. I don't know if they have yeah, like I, th- I think he added those those melodic dynamics that are missing. Yeah. In the, late, the later stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They they just sort of lost that. They lost that that sort of that groove too that they had go, had going for them. They just went straight into just pure thrash on the last couple albums. It was like eh, it's fine, but we've heard this before. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're. That, I think they're retiring at the right time. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe kind of, even a little late. I mean, let's face it. Yeah. Jeff Hanneman was yeah. probably, I'd say, the most important part of the, the you know, writing. Yeah. yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. It does seem he to be wrote the case, every. Yeah. He has a writing credit on every song on this album, except for the cover. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Some are just him. Yeah, he was a huge part. Yeah. I mean, even looking back at Rain of Blood and... Um, the earlier stuff he's he was huge he was a huge part of the, the writing process so you know slayer's really lyrics too they're, they're, too. they're yeah. really good at writing those creepy uh iconic oh yeah big openings to their songs yeah and south of heaven is definitely in that group oh yeah it's so <laughs> yeah memorable <laughs> yeah Amazes me they can come up with with such cool riffs and then be so bad so often on their solos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. solo work really improved on on seasons. It um, did, yeah, yeah. Like the song was, "Seasons in the Abyss" has some awesome solos in that song. Yeah. It's it's, it's kind of crazy that you know two years after or the three years after um, "South of Heaven," they wrote some really amazing stuff. Yeah, I guess two years. Yeah, that was always a big drawback for me was the solos. They get to the solos and it was like, God damn it! Yeah, well, don't tell Kerry King that he's better than most guitar players yeah. out there, you know. Right. So, and we were coming from the Metallica <laughs> side of things, which is that. a little bit more <laughs> yeah. classy. So, yeah, I know, I know. Um, Just things flowed so nicely with Metallica, and then you hear Rain and Blood, and it's like, what the hell is happening right now? <laughs> so. It took a, it took a little while. I I didn't get into Rain and Blood to like, God, like nineteen ninety maybe. I went finally went back and I was like, all right, I get it now. But it just took a long time. I think that might be my issue is because I was so into this album. Um, yeah. This was the album that Tim and I would listen to all yeah. the time after school. Like, yeah, after school. There's a, there's a kind of funny, not really funny story, but it's not that funny. But this yeah. is actually kind of sad. It's kind of pathetic. <laughs> pathetic. Yeah. What our what wow. our social or our social life was like back then. Yeah. It was, we would come home and there was this puzzle 
this giant like it was like it this guy on a horse yeah right? this knight like a riding knight a or horse something? yeah it's a knight yeah and we would build this puzzle while we listened to this album yeah and like put the cassette on like auto repeat and just play south of heaven over and over and over we made this puzzle was the puzzle an armored saint cover it, it, pretty it much might as well have been <laughs> yeah it may have well been yeah very similar yeah <laughs> you should have played them i guess <laughs> <laughs> or man of war <laughs> god yeah maybe i shouldn't have revealed that story that was uh it's okay <laughs> you can edit it out you know? nah nah leave it that's leave fine it. people can know how, what, what kind of dorks we were it's fine it's fine so this album featured um it was the first album that featured a, like a clean guitar part too yeah. um spill the blood has that clean tone guitar in the beginning mm-hmm. um and it's interesting. And I, South of Heaven, too. Yeah, and I, I thought the two almost sounded very similar, um, South of Heaven and Spill the Blood. And then I went and listened to um, 213, I think is the name of the song. Oh, okay, yeah. That's named after Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment number. Yeah. Oh, that's on Divine Intervention. If you go listen to 213 on Divine Intervention, that clean guitar part sounds almost identical to Seasons of the Universe. Oh, really? <laughs> it's it's pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. See about that. Uh, uh, similar, <laughs> similar. But that just that chord progression and the way they're changing it up it sounds very similar. I don't know. Has kind of the same feel, you know. Yeah. I thought that was um, interesting. Hey, so I'm reading Scott Ian's book, right? Yeah. And he's uh, this doesn't pertain exactly to 1988, but it, he was talking about when they would they did the what was that tour called? Clash of the Titans. Clash yeah. of the Titans. Yeah. I think it was Why that tour. It might have been. Be go to that too. <laughs> it might have been a. It, it might not necessarily have been that exact tour, but that time frame. So he was saying how Slayer's uh, their shtick back then was to just like look mean that all, all the time on stage like they didn't smile or joke <laughs> or anything on stage they looked like you know they were you know gonna kill people when they were on Nazis <laughs> and he even said you know like you look at Tom right now and he looks like a he says a big smiley grandpa bear yeah he does stage. <laughs> he does but he's like back then Slayer never broke character so he said for the the prank for the finale of the tour they told one of their roadies to go out and get the big like find the biggest fish at the fish market they could get. And they said it was like some 200 pound fish. Oh my God. They, they hooked it up to a, a cable above, right above Tom Araya. So during the, the end of, I think maybe rain and blood, they were playing or raining blood. Uh, they lowered it down, <laughs> the fish down and it just came down right in front of Tom Araya's face. <laughs> and he said that the band started to all crack. <laughs> there should be footage of that. Cause that was on headbangers ball. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah, Maybe it was, was the Headbangers nice. Ball tour. Maybe that's what it was. The the name of it. Maybe. Yeah, they did something like that. Yeah. Or, I think I that, think I that think was, was with Exodus, though, wasn't it? Wasn't that Headbangers Ball tour with Exodus? Yeah, I think that was Clash, I think that was Clash of the Titans that had the fish. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you can probably find that on YouTube. Oh yeah. I bet you. Because yeah, there's, there's <laughs> definitely there's definitely footage of it. Because there was a now Joe's looking. There was a what uh, yeah. MTV feature on that tour, and they they showed that they show it. They showed the fish coming down, and oh okay, nice. Yeah. Oh, so he wasn't lying. He was not lying. 
I knew, I knew where you were going with that story. I just didn't want to interrupt you. Liar! Liar! <laughs> liar! God. Yeah, so this is uh, the second big four the second big four band we've talked about. True. We've talked about Megadeth. Um, so we'll yeah, be talking we're, we're, about all of them eventually. Uh, yeah. Maybe. They, they, they all released Maybe. an album in 88. True. What? <laughs> so cool. We'll, we'll get to that yeah. some other time. Yeah, we'll later. get to that yeah. later. So Slayer. Slayer. Uh... Wait no, we we might be one of switching up here, right? To the yeah, we'll, yes. we'll move on. I can't believe Tim needed to like research. <laughs> I well, um, well, I didn't. Heard, you haven't heard this album over a hundred times by now. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> uh, listening to it. I needed to, to go and do some research on like you know reviews of the album and uh, just the story and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that, that yeah. is actually the one thing I tried to do because yeah. I mean, for me, this is a concept album. Yeah. I didn't know that until after the internet existed for a few years. Like, you know, the whole seventh son thing gets mentioned in a few songs, yeah. but you know, you could separate, you know, some of these, like can I play with madness and mm-hmm. uh, uh, infinite dreams. They, they, the, the fact that the entire storyline is mainly told in the first person, it, it, you know, I, I didn't even realize that these songs were somehow supposed to connect to each other. And that's one of my <laughs> biggest problems with this album. The fact that you can't even tell where the fuck the story goes. Yeah, it's I don't like, well, it's all right, so, there's a moon child. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's a seven, seven son. And somebody prefer, but there was a prophecy that foretold of the seven son of the seven son. Wait and a minute, wait seven a seven son of the seven son. You're getting excited. And he's right. And no one else believes him. And then the world blows up. Oh my God! Lucifer shows up. Okay, let's figure this out. I just, I, well, this. So, uh, the, what's your definition of a concept album? Because I think yours is a little stricter than mine. It's just a, a running storyline. Yeah, you, you go with a, actually like a lyrical storyline that has to be in place. Because I look at it as yeah. more of a theme of an album. Uh, what what has a theme and not a story? I mean, the well, wall. The, story the entire way through. I don't, like that, man. I don't know. Fuck well, I, you. I think it's a story that runs through the album that makes it a concept so, because Master Puppets has a theme, but it's not necessarily a concept album. I don't think that's a concept album, but I yeah. think uh, Somewhere in Time is. So, Maybe. so hold what? on. I, Keith is actually kind of right, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> no, because is I was looking right? today. I thought this was an opinion. Well, no, what he's saying about it being a concept album kind of yeah. is is a straight quote from Bruce Dickinson where he said that um, <laughs> I was reading this on Wikipedia today. Uh, Bruce Dickinson said that uh, Steve Harris read Orson Scott Card's Seventh Son, and he thought that would be a cool idea for their next album since it was their seventh album and Seventh Son. And, and then he's like thinking, well, it could be a concept album. So he called Bruce Dickinson about it, and Bruce was like, yeah, I'm all in. And he said they wrote the album, but there were songs on there that are not really part of the concept. Mm-hmm. Like um, Clairvoyant is actually about this uh, – soothsayer or whatever you know a, 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 a someone prophet could, you know clairvoyant is somebody can see the future yeah that's clairvoyant right. that's clairvoyancy right. so i think this is as much of a concept album as somewhere in time i think it's just i don't think so why do you think somewhere in time is a concept album because it's i think there's a theme of time and being out of place yeah, I could I could see that. Deja vu. Yeah, you're right. There is a I bit of a. I don't. I mean, there's the history lesson with Alexander the Great. I mean, yeah, exactly. Alexander the Great has nothing to do with any of that. It's still 
it's history, so it's kind of okay. Well, so going back, going back to what I was saying. Yeah. Um, so the clarifying point was was a song about a famous psychic named Doris Stokes, and Steve Harris wrote it saying wrote the song thinking, well, I wonder if she could see her own demise. That's not part of the Seventh Son story. It's a completely separate thing. And then uh, Moonchild is actually based on, loosely based on a book called Moonchild. Mm-hmm. So there are themes, like Joe was saying. It's kind of a, a theme, not so much a concept. Like, All right. So maybe um, maybe it's more of a th- thematic album yeah. than a concept. But I just, I've always thought of it as a concept album, regardless of. I mean, well, one way or another, we all, as stated, you know, this, the, the crux of this album is supposed to be about. Orson Scott Card's uh, Seven I Sun. guess. I don't think that's the name of the book, is it? <laughs> is it? Seven it Sun, is. Yeah. It's Seven Sun. Seven yeah. Sun, yeah. yeah. There was there was a there was a sequel books. as well. Yeah. yeah. There was a series. I thought there was three of them. Yeah, there's right. five. I thought it was a trilogy. Oh, five. There's okay. five of them. All right. Yeah. It's a quintuplegy. <laughs> well, one way or another. Yeah. Anyway, well, Bruce so, Bruce's quote was basically saying it. He was it was only a it was only half a concept album. There was no attempt to see it all the way th- all the way through. Like we really should have done. Uh, Seven Sun really wow. has no story. It's about good and evil, heaven yeah. and hell. But isn't every Iron Maiden album about that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what that's he said. Thing. Like Bruce's the story point. of it, I can't put the place. Like, what the fuck happens? And then at the very end, it's just like I'm a good sin. It's like, what? Somebody just jerked off, or you know? I mean, <laughs> that's not what I got from no, that. No, me either. Okay. <laughs> but thanks for ruining now i will though yeah thanks for putting that in my head you'll never be listening to that song again <laughs> really um i don't think that what and if bruce said that about the album i, I don't think he's right they put out oh, he's definitely not right they put out <laughs> that was probably during his solo days yeah he was, they put out the, one of the best the, two albums of that year so i think what did they did yeah. worked pretty well <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> oh yeah. I yeah, I think his point was just that it, it it's not a full concept album. Like but, he he thinks they could have done better. But then you gotta, I don't know. The songs work better if you just want to play. I guess they only really play right. Clairvoyant or maybe can I play with Madness? They, they they don't play a whole lot of that album. Yeah. Live, but uh yeah, they play can I play with Madness? Um, what is it? Clairvoyant. They always play. Clairvoyant. Evil. Evil that men do. Yeah. Those so, are the big three that they play live. Yeah. But, that's, that's, I don't get that because the Evil Men Do and uh, Only the Good Die Young are the worst songs on the album. No, I, I disagree. You're fucking wrong. What do you think is the worst? Can I play with Madness? Uh, is the worst. There's no what? Probably is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the have, prophecy, prophecy also. No, no the prophecy, prophecy is not all that good. But Can't Play with Madness is one of the two best. Uh, Infinite Dreams and Can't Play with Madness are the two best songs. Metal. I I heard that on Metal Shop back in the day when Metal Shop was on some Winchester radio station, and this is coming off of hearing Somewhere in Time, which I think is their best album. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah. I felt disappointed. I was like, that's what the new album's going to sound like. This is before the album came out. And they played with, we have new Iron <laughs> yeah, Maiden. And it was, can I play with Madeline? And it's all kind of up-tempo. And I was like, what? It what fits it? the least. Yeah, I was like, what is, is this what they're going to sound like it, now? Uh, and then I was really concerned that like, the album's going to suck. It almost sounds like the direction they were going in when they did No Prayer. Yeah. Too. Like it, the verses especially kind of sound like the direction they went with No Prayer for the Dog. And it has a cowbell. <laughs> 
which is like what? It's a lot. And, of I, and they, yeah, which is fine. And, and just... Headbanger's Ball played that video a lot. Like, oh my god! Is that the one where he's wearing those ridiculous things on his boots? Oh, <laughs> no! This was a whole video with it. Like a, 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 there was a story behind it where like a an art teacher was out in the middle of this like these rocky fields teaching his kids how to draw <laughs> and like he falls down in this cave and oh no yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's really bad yeah. 80s metal yeah but you guys agree that this is the last truly great iron uh, maiden record no no the uh, last truly great yes truly no. great front to no. back great I, iron maiden album. you're crazy Brave New I, World. What's Brave New what's, World? I can't fathom how you would not include Book of Souls in a great. I think it's great. I wouldn't say start to finish it's great, though. There's Brave definitely songs on that album yeah. that I skip. Yeah, well, the, in fact, the, they, the, that was an album that they really didn't need to have all of the music on. Right. That's, that, right. that's what I mean. Like, just you put but it on. I would honestly like, say, I, I think I know what you're saying here, you know, Tim. And I, I would honestly say uh, Somewhere in Time is where it that's where it ends what i would right. definitely no say that this is i think there's five five is, fantastic uh, maiden records in fact i think and i was going to bring this up but we'll we'll do it now the arc of their albums i i feel like it kind of stops after this album yeah and yeah and even though no i, I love no prayer for the dying what that album sucks <laughs> It doesn't Newton? suck. It's just not very that good. Album sucks. <laughs> That's a great album, but it's not. It's Fear like the some really bad songs on that album. It's like they. No, I don't think. Yeah, it is. is. Oh my god, they're both no. not very good. They both. <laughs> no. yeah, they both are no, no, sucky no. maiden albums, but they're not. Bring your daughter as bad to the slaughter. What happened <laughs> after them? Well, yeah. Wrong, wrong. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Joe. We interrupted. They, so they they start going down and, and precipitously with with Blaze Bailey. Yeah, but. Oh, like yeah. if if you just cut all those albums out and go straight from eighty eight to um, was it two thousand two thousand yeah yeah and, and it's it's like I feel like it it's well complete. but and then the, obviously the missing element there is Adrian Smith yeah, yeah. that's yeah. where I was going yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Yes. yeah I think he's a huge part of that mm-hmm. yeah. like as a yeah. songwriter and contributed to the band you yeah. can tell he's gone i mean you listen to no prayer for the dying and even we talked a couple episodes ago about not being able to tell who's doing what solos when, when there are two solo players mm-hmm. uh you can tell on no prayer for the dying which which solos are yannick gers because they are not good <laughs> like they're just sloppy it's, it's insane right? uh, that, that's gotta be he's gotta be the luckiest motherfucker in yeah. all of yeah yeah because they kept him. Uh, we can thank Bruce Dickinson. he's not good and well he just well he was in he was in Bruce's solo yes. band, right? That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tattooed he's millionaire. He's fine. Yeah. He's so goofy live. He just like he is. He's like a dork. Spinning around. It looks because he doesn't need to play. Skips across I mean, the stage. Two guys that are just literally a third wheel. He, just, like, he loves to yeah, do that. Yeah. Flip his hand over on the fretboard and play yes. the other way. Oh my god! He takes his whole guitar and like flips it around his back and like doing all sorts his of pirouettes. His leg up on the amp and like pirouettes. dude. <laughs> pirouettes. That's right. Pirouettes. <laughs> Put it around. Skip. We're gonna skip now, guys. Here I go. Here I go. <laughs> flip my guitar now, guys. Wee. <laughs> Wait, we're supposed to be talking positively about. Yeah. Sorry. Right Sorry. Who was we like on this album. album. <laughs> He's not on this album. <laughs> yeah. So you were talking like, about. I like is, the whole. I like Yannick Gers. And they're a fantastic live band. Fine. I mean, they're one of the best. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, so since we're on the topic of you know, what album's the best, where would this 
for you guys, and I'll, I'll say where it plays for me, but in, if you had to do like a top five Iron Maiden albums, would this be in your top oh, five? Oh, yeah. I don't think Absolutely. Where, where would it be? I can't do that. No, it would You just be. had such a... I love all the albums up to this one. It's so uh, hard to do. Even the, probably the albums, I, I, in their own way, I love. Yeah. I don't know if I can write. It's it's on a mood, you know. Like well, I, might, I mean, I might said, are, we, are we including? Uh, 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 God damn it! The Any, live album? Are we including? Not the live albums. No okay, studio. Just studio. Yeah, yeah. Tim said four, and that's where I placed four. it. Above number of the beast, yeah. but uh, below. What? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. number one. No, somewhere oh, in times. No, somewhere. God. My my, my list know, is one slave. is somewhere in time, some, two piece two is peace of mind, yep. then power three slave. is power slave, <sighs> Summer, four seven seven yes. five number. Of the He's piece. correct. Mm. No, <laughs> That's there's correct. no correct. It's, a, it's bullshit. It's man. a dynamic list. You can't. Yeah. It changes. I mean, no, I agree with you, Joe. It's it's it, kind of like Metallica for me, where I, it depends on my mood. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. I can pick any of those albums, and they're all going to be great. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some. I put Number of the Beast that low only because there's some song that I'm that I just don't care about. It's the, like, yeah, Invaders. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not Invaders. Of that Invaders. album starts with the worst song. It does. Like, oh, Invaders. That album yeah. Is Invaders. Yeah. Like, why did that why happen? Did yeah. 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 <laughs> That's why it's so low. Like I, there. Are, I mean, I think, I think my favorite song album sounds probably the best. He ever sound. Yeah, that's oh yeah, he's he's point. out for blood on that album. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hello Be That Name is probably my favorite uh, Iron Maiden song. Yeah, so. yeah, that is probably they, the best they, song. They, yeah, they have Run to the Hills, um, Number of the Beast, Children of the Damned. Yeah, there's some huge. Oh songs. yeah, I mean yeah, but Even, which 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 Maiden album doesn't have? I know, huge. especially of these five we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Even, I don't know. Charlotte the Harlot, I even think, is an under, underrated song. Because it was the, on Life After, After Death, right? They played it live. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I they, mean, they respected uh, it. It's, it's a good song too. Yeah. I mean, not Charlotte the Harlot. I'm uh, 22 Cache Avenue. Okay. Yeah. Same, same difference. The, it's the continuation. <laughs> nah. of it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> what is so it? You can, what, what, what is it about this album that you think propels it i mean let's face it when we're talking maiden you know when you're talking power slave you're talking number of the beast you're talking you know i think the mixing is i think it's got the best mixing no it's yeah point it sounds great i mean it's not like they had bad sounding albums at any point but another big thing is i I mean and uh, one thing i I was just reading is said that this is where they started using keyboards i could have sworn they used keyboards on somewhere in time guitar there's some sense stuff guitar guitar synth yeah yeah so, all right. So, one way or another, you know, one of the actually one of the brothers, what is it? What is it about this that propels it to be inclusive or included in 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 Maiden's classic canon? The songwriting. I, I think the choruses suck, and like for only the good die young and uh, no, that's, uh, and that bass solo, good good die young, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's a garbage chorus. It's, it, well, if, if you're going to be stupid, Keith, I can't <laughs> debate your point. <laughs> I think that, yeah, the songwriting. I mean, every song on this album, aside from maybe Can I Play With Madness, is yeah. a great song. Compare I the mean, songwriting. I can't, I can't even believe you guys are saying that Can I Play With Madness, which is one of the two best songs on this album. Oh, it's by far the worst. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> the Evil That Men Do? Yes, is, that song is amazing. What are you that's another one of my top maiden songs. I mean, what? I put that up there with "Hello Be Thy Name." That song is fantastic. Are you a fucking idiot? <laughs> no, God you're the fucking idiot. Oh my god! I mean, in the, the best song of this album is "Infinite Dreams." That's really it's good. good. It's up there, yeah. I don't know. It's up there. It's yeah. one of the best. Yeah, I don't. I think dis- but clairvoyant. I don't dislike any of the songs. It's hard for me to say. I think. Even can't I play with madness? I 
I really like. No, I like it. It's just it doesn't. F- I think it fits the least. Yes. It, so, yes. It, it's it was definitely Keith, a curveball. Yeah. Let me let me give you my answer to your initial question. There's no song on this album that I would instantly skip. There are other songs on other Maiden albums that I would in, in instantly skip. <laughs> yeah. I was just like okay, like. Uh, Quest for Fire, no thanks. Oh my like, God! Little things like that. Yeah. There's nothing short, like though, that. So I don't even skip that. <laughs> to table yeah, land. but from from start to finish, this album is fantastic. Like yeah. they're, they're, you know. Yeah, you know what? The second side of, or it depends on your format you're listening to. The the, the latter half of uh, Peace of Mind. Yeah, yeah, it, it brings it down a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's the good songs on it are so good. Yeah, it, it evens out. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, other than really back in the village, I, I like back in the village. But other than oh, that, yeah. like, Power Slave is all the way. Oh Jesus, so good. masterpiece album. Yeah, yeah. I, I same would. with same with Somewhere in Time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know Somewhere, Somewhere in Time. I like Deja Vu. I think that's the skip over song. Yeah, I like that song too. I like that song too. Yeah. And that was short the first for, for me. The first Maiden album I actually bought when it came out. Yeah, new. So it's got some nostalgia, of course. But I mean, still, it's yeah, such a good album. That album is amazing. And it, like, yeah. Wasted but, years. Yeah. It, 86. It was 86. Yeah, it was 86. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This album is actually shorter than it feels like it should be. Yeah. It's 43 minutes. I mean, which, only, really? Yeah, but there's only eight songs total. Right. That's true. But it just, it's you know, half got of that, that epic seven, feel. Seven, seven, seven. Yeah. Huh? What's that? I think that's half the album, right? Yeah. Seven, seven, seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much. <laughs> Oh, and the other interesting thing, interesting thing about this album is it doesn't end with a huge epic song. I was noticing that today. That it, you know, Keith, you mentioned it ends with a song that you don't really like, uh, "Only to Get Die Young." Um, and every Dickinson album before that ends with a song that is at least seven minutes. But I think this is the first Maiden album that doesn't end with some. I think that's part of the like story, it. though. That he, I oh, think, really? the character dies. Something like that, exactly. Because he says he couldn't foresee foresee his own demise, and I think this is the character dying. Just for all his powers, he couldn't foresee his own demise. So he can see other people's how they're going to die, but he can't see how he, he's going to die. And he ends up. So are you saying they, they wrote this song to be four minutes because it's like you guys are unexpectedly. Let's they just wrote a song. <laughs> I, put it in I think that's I think that's how I think it's part of the the story. I think it's... Uh, it does end pretty abruptly, actually, yeah. that song. I noticed that, too. Well, that's why I, I think the whole storyline of this album doesn't make any sense because, yeah. like, it's just like, oh, the prophecy, the prophecy, and... Yeah. I mean, it's, how, well, what's the conclusion? Did he die? I mean, it seems just like the entire world blew up, and then Lucifer is just kind of, like, smiling. Because, you know, <laughs> of course, yeah. I just, it's cool. Either he died or, you know, someone obviously dies. I, I, I think it's part yeah. of the story. I don't know. Wow. I always thought it was. Kids are deep. Because, well, I remember that the whole metal <laughs> shop thing. Like we were playing their bass, bass solo and Only the Good Die Young. I love. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. these interviews with I think it was Bruce Dickinson and it, it was before the album came out and he was talking about well it's going to be this concept album about this character who has powers based on Seventh Son and so he was pumping it up to be like this concept right. so right. we were we were ready for it like we knew this was going to be like a story when it came out yeah. I have those tapes somewhere the with those interviews Wikipedia page for this album it mentions that um, 
Dickinson had become, I guess, a little bit disenfranchised yeah. with writing yeah. on Summer in Time. Apparently, he didn't get enough writing yeah. used. Yeah. And um, it mentions that Steve Harris, when he called him up to talk about the concept of that, it kind of got him fired up again. Yeah. Right. Which I had yeah. no idea. <laughs> yeah. He, he basically said, I, I've got this concept. Do you have some stuff that you've written for that? And Bruce was like, not really, but give me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'll, I'll put some stuff together <laughs> by all means. So. Yeah, I read that same thing. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, I'm also, reading Bruce's book right now, and he's. I want to. Yeah, I need to get that. Yeah. Very good. Um, he goes into more more detail with that stuff too, so that's good. Um, it it all that the Wikipedia also mentioned how Adrian Smith was starting to become disenfranchised yep. because he thought the band was trying to go what they say too street too or street, something. Yeah. Which street. on the next album, I think the sound. I mean, yeah, I think yeah, more like the first album kind of sound. That sort of yeah. Well, I think it, I think it was does. it does. I yeah. think it was "Can I Play with Madness?" Actually, is is the, the song because he brought it in and and he gave it to to um, Steve Harris. They changed it, right? Steve, yeah, Steve added some different things, and that's and I think those were the verse riffs that were more kind of street, almost like you know, kind of the flavor of No Prayer, and and that's what Adrian Smith didn't like. He's like, "This is too." I don't want really to dig this. He so. was right. He was right. That's why he's. Best member now, of if No Prayer for the Dying was some other metal band that had come out, I'm not saying it's a bad album. No, you guys would, you would probably like the album. It would, it would sure be a different esteem for you, right? I think so. Uh, maybe yeah, that's sure. kind of okay. the load argument with Metallica. All right, for some but, people, I mean, for some people, not me, but I don't know. There's a lot of I, there's a lot of. Songs. I actually listened to that album yesterday, um, No Prayer for the Dying, and I bought the LP the other day. It's it's fine. It's just there's songs on it that are just not great, and I, it's not a great album. Yeah, you know, I, I listen to Seventh Son, I listen to Summertime, and then I listen to No Prayer, and I'm like, it's different. I mean, <sighs> that's the weird thing is just two years after this, after Seventh Son came out, yeah. and No Prayer is what follows it up, and you go, uh, what, yeah. what's going on? Something definitely <laughs> happened there, and and then you know after that, Fear. I mean, Fear the Dark. You know, as we were talking earlier, it's it's not a good album. No. I mean, they. They definitely. It's were, okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I I prefer it to, to no prayer, hands down. I mean, I think they're about. I you know I thought I did. Yeah. But now going back no and listening to those guy. two, I think no prayer is better. Actually, yeah. you can no make way. a good album if you mix the two together. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. yeah. You know what? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. If you take the best of, or yeah. if it was a double album. Yeah. Because yeah. I love running like run load, silent run load deep. Reload thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like load reload. But yeah, I love run silent run deep. I think that song is awesome. Um. There's some damn good songs on both albums. So yeah, if you yeah the uh, the first song on both albums is uh, are, are very good. I yeah oh, yeah. I thought be quick be dead is be quicker be dead was was a little bit of a. It doesn't sound like yeah. any of their other songs. I like no, that. and I, I don't Probably heavier than anything. Well, it, it's fast faster. It's it, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a different. I guess it. But is. then you've really got to get fit their style. I, it I doesn't. Think. But I I like that they did it. Holy but then you've got songs like Holy Smoke. Yeah, yeah. And Bring, your, bring daughter your Daughter to the Slaughter. Those are I like horrible. Yeah. But Mother Russia. What? Mother you Russia. like those, Joe? No, uh, Holy bring Smoke? Holy Smoke I don't like. Yeah. Holy Smoke is garbage. God, it's so bad. But you like Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter? Yeah, I don't have a problem with this one. Oh, oh, man. So, man. so bad. And Hooks yeah. and You? Hooks and uh, You? I don't really care for Hooks and You too much. <laughs> I like Mother Russia. But yeah, I like um, Mother, Mother Russia. Russia's great. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's another it's really good. epic ending song. Great song. Um, yeah. Anyway, well, we we veered off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's go back to the point. Let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about the actual book at least a little bit. 
Oh, I didn't yeah. Read it, but uh, I read four chapters because that was free on the Amazon sample. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just didn't like how it was written. I, I don't. It's um, it takes place in um, I guess an alternate East Coast during the um, I, I think it's around the 1800s, early 1800s, when mm-hmm. there was still colonization of the Americas going on. And I guess it's like Appalachia that it takes place. They don't really specify, at least I didn't get to that point in the book. Um, I didn't feel like paying eight bucks or whatever it was. (laughs) Right. Um, But he writes in uh, like uh, an affected sort of country drawl. That's like hard to read. That's weird. Really? Just, I just was not into it. And, um, I didn't like anyone of the characters. It starts <laughs> off with this little girl. I guess she's a main character. She's, I, I think she's, um, she's, she has the vision of, of the site that they talk about in some of the songs on this. Mm-hmm. The gift uh, of the second sight. She, right. the book starts up with her getting uh, the eggs from the chicken coop. And there's this one chicken that she hates and it, cause it bites her all the time. And I'm thinking, what the fuck does this have to do with an Iron Maiden now? <laughs> and then she fights. Where did Steve Harris read this and go, we need to write an album about this? Yeah. I just, yeah. I never got to that point if he did. And and then there was like, they mentioned the the seventh kid was, the seventh son was about to be born. And then the book ended, the, the free chapters ended. And I was like, I just, I think. God, I don't want to read this anymore. <laughs> That's another thing. Like, like Steve Harris apparently read this and was just like, "Oh yeah, I'm a great concept to write music about." Ender's Game would have been a great fucking concept to write music yeah. about, and uh, this one probably not as much. I mean, Orson Scott Card is definitely, you know, he's a very accomplished author. I mean, the guy's written mm-hmm. I'm not even sure how many books, probably like twenty or thirty. Um, but this series, I can't. Fathom is. I mean, they're they're not going to be writing any movie about this one, like the well, Ender's Game. Well, actually, there is a movie about it, but apparently, it doesn't follow the book or have anything to do with it. Okay. <laughs> so, wow, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, that leads. I mean, it's kind of like it sounds like they based the idea of the album on the concept of the book, but not necessarily had the album follow the book. Right. It's more like they're like that's a pretty cool concept. Let's apply that to some songs on an album, and that's kind of where it ends. Yeah, it's like uh, I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, uh, along with that, kind of a, a little bit of a tangent here, but what the fuck is going on on the cover of this goddamn? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> I have no, no idea. Um, I mean, oh, that's the seventh son. Who they talk about it on Wikipedia as well. I mean, I get the I get the baby part, obviously, because seventh son. I get that. But yeah. Right. Right. That's about it. Um, but there are little. Little nods, kind of like what they did on Somewhere in Time. Little nods to previous albums. Well, you know, there's different different eddies in the background. If you yeah. have the full, yeah, if you fold sleeve. it out, you can see the other the yeah, past yeah. eddies. Um, so the um, Rob Smallwood, uh, the the band's manager, Ron or Rob, Rod, 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 yeah. right? Who who is the artist? Okay, Derek Riggs Derek is the artist. Riggs, Derek yeah. Riggs, yeah. So um, he was told to simply, quote, create, quote, something simply surreal and bloody weird. That was his <laughs> And uh, so um, Riggs state, states that the setting was because he, quote, might have just 
seen a documentary about the North Pole or something. <laughs> I wanted something that was a departure from all the cityscapes and things. It was about prophecy and seeing the future. So I just wanted something distant. And they said on the back, could you stick all the eddies on ice? So I did. <laughs> So it has nothing to do that. with the concept at all. No, <laughs> it's a cool album cover. It it's is. awesome. Yeah, just I mean, like all their I mean, other I mean, albums. I mean, it's a Maiden album cover. So, you can't go wrong with Maiden album. Cover. Yeah, I no. didn't. I didn't really notice. It, that's a baby that yeah. he's holding. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not. It's, it's a baby that's still I, in the womb. Yeah. Right. The womb is somehow got a hand that's like holding onto his rib cage. Right. And is no, it's a child. Like, like, why does he have? That's a good question. I never thought about that. Is that a placenta? What is he doing? He's, he's definitely got a womb that's holding onto his ribcage. Yeah. I mean, maybe the womb isn't his and he tore it out of a woman. Then that's why it grabbed onto his ribcage. But why did he stick yeah. the the um, umbilical cord back up into his ribcage? <laughs> I don't know. Because it looks cool. Briggs. This doesn't seem accurate. <laughs> I don't know what documentary he was watching. And what <laughs> as opposed on. as opposed to all the other Iron Maiden album covers that, live, that seem very accurate. I think he was on LSD watching a documentary. Well, the Killers is pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's pretty on the nose. <laughs> That's a, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, that is excellent. Though I, I I forgot I was watching a documentary about the North Pole. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> but that sh- that that cover shapes the album for me. I think of like blue when the yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. That's the blue album. Yeah, that's their blue album. Yep. Yeah. So Tim, I, w- I wanted to ask you about uh, Nicka McBrain as a drummer. Yeah. Because yeah. I have a, a friend, a uh, friend Chris, who's in actually he's in an Eyes of the Nile, which is a Maiden tribute band. Yeah. Um, he's also in a band Doctor Foo, but he prefers Cliff uh, Clive Burr. It says his oh, stuff no. is oh, way God. more intricate. People, I've heard that. A lot of people say that. I don't know why they say yeah. that. I'm missing something there because, no. <laughs> I'll put it this way. I probably could play this. I could probably learn the stuff on the first two, well, first three yeah. 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 albums. Hmm. I could probably learn them more or less. I can't play probably anything on the seventh Oh, really? Song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. mean, the- yeah, that's good. I, I want to talk about that, actually, um, the, the musicianship. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know there was a group that felt that way because Clive Burr is. Yeah, there is. He's it's like it's good. He's a, band, he's a really it's good, good drummer. Yeah, and then you, you don't notice it until you get to the next. You, you hear Nico, yeah. right? You're like, oh, yeah. this guy's really good. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's like, interesting. I mean, my, Chris is like a, a really accomplished. He he plays drums for a living. Like he he's in the Navy band, and he's like you know he reads music, and he reads drum music. So he's like in a really accomplished drummer. So. You know, I don't know what it is about Clive Burr that he that he's so infatuated with that's better than Nico McBrain, but maybe he thinks his style fits better than Nico's style. I, I mean, normally for me, like, possibly. You know, back you know, I, I you know, my brother was a drummer, and uh, you know, I, I played in the high school you know symphonic band and all that shit. Uh, normally, when people have that kind of concept, it's because of more or less uh, their stick handling uh, and the way they kind of. Uh, uh, the the way they're uh, you're, you're speaking they're, they're the rudiments you know basically drummer the use of rudiments mm-hmm. yeah. okay obviously when hitting the snare you know for the most part you know with Nico he's got a you know a eighty five piece drum set Clive <laughs> Burr probably had you know a you know a 
12 70s you know and uh you know the best drummers i always feel is is is, is you take their set away and see what they can do with as little as possible i wouldn't be surprised if, if somebody like that probably believes that because bird you know used what he, he used a smaller set and didn't need uh you know insane i get what you're saying yeah but i, yeah, I don't I think yeah i think on a four piece that nico would be just as excellent uh, as uh, i concur drum. but i'm just, just trying to reason i mean the state <laughs> have you ever heard a song where you're like oh that nico fucked up <laughs> no ever not only that he's not even he looks like he's not even trying yeah exactly he's just he having fun yeah yeah, yeah. it's I, ridiculous i've never heard it like his timing is his tempos are. Like, I could swear that something got fucked up at the last show we were all at together at the Book of Soul store. Yeah, we, we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, wasted years sounded kind of slow. That's, That's right. Yeah. 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 Wasted years. The tempo was a little slow. Was it like the actual album speed? Because they, they play <laughs> sometimes they play it really fast. It was slower than album speed. <laughs> We were like, "What's is what's happening right now?" It was kind of weird. Can't you blame Adrian Smith for that though? Because he starts the song. Could be. Yeah. Let's blame Jack here. We just wanted to slow it down. That was weird. Well, I mean, so we've covered the drummer. I I think that the solo players, Ruth Murray and Adrian Smith, are often overlooked as as solo guitar players, and I think that's just because they don't do the crazy. Dave Mustaine or Ingve Malmsteen, you know, the sweep arpeggio bullshit that all the other but they're better big names. Finger tapping, yeah. Because but it, can, it goes you remember their solos, they're better. Yeah, it goes along with the yeah. whole melody thing. Like they have these melodies and these these harmonies, the guitar harmonies they do together, which are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah, they're really, really I wanna, guitar players. There was a, I was I was going to listen to a bunch of the live versions of the albums or the songs on this album. Mm-hmm. I was going to, I was listening to I think it was Moonchild. Um on the what was that the six 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 flight of the six 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 yeah flight six 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 yeah um it was one of the ones with Yannick Gers and um and I think it was Moonchild and they um first of all the the keyboard part that they they did on the album they just did guitar live which was kind of cool it was different uh, mm-hmm. but they got to that first solo and obviously it's it's Gers playing it because it was totally different and I'm like. <laughs> no, <laughs> like at least play the beginning of the solo the same, and then do your right. thing because it just yeah, their solos yeah, it it totally was different, and I'm like, no, man, yeah, you're expecting to hear that specific solo, and, yes. and the, the song made, up to that yeah, point sure. had been so awesome because yeah, they were just kicking it, killing it, and it was like, oh, don't <laughs> don't do that, yeah. But that speaks to what you're saying, like their right. their solos are very memorable and yeah, important yeah. to the whole song. Yeah. Well, and then there's obviously the bass player. He's oh, pretty uh, good. Well, yeah. He's all right. <laughs> nice. He'll do. <laughs> I was thinking about today when um, Craig, when we had Craig Lissero on, yeah. He, yeah. He, he did the, like, you had some guitar players that have the left hand and some have the right hand, meaning, like, they're good at the fretboard versus the picking. Right. Um, and Steve Harris, his right hand, his is yeah. picking, picking basically hand, yeah. hand is just it's the fast is plucking it's well yeah it's not picking but it's just um it's i can't i don't even know it's how to do that fast 
<laughs> oh, yeah. And I was thinking if you put Cliff Burton's left hand with his right hand, like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> superhuman. Yeah. 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 It's ridiculous. And the fact that he writes pretty much all the, not yeah. all, but most of the songs and, you know, lyrics and all that stuff, just an amazing songwriter all around. I do have to say, though, that this, after this album, I think he started, Steve Harris, I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. He started to rely too much on chords with his bass huh. playing. He does that a lot. Yeah. And it's gotten really prominent on the most recent albums, but even on no prayer for the dying, he started doing it a lot. He did. I mean, yeah. he'd always done it, but I, I was that the black and the red, I think is the name of that song on book of souls. Where yeah, it just yeah. starts with this, this bass riff. That's just yeah. nothing but chords. Yeah. You've got three guitar players. Like you're the, the band that least needs to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sounds cool though. At least I think for that song. Yeah, yeah, all for that song for sure. Yeah, it's awesome. Man. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about some of the. So we, we talked a little bit about some of the songs, but I have some yeah. notes on, yeah. on on a few of the songs that, um, like the song Seventh Son of a Seventh Son" itself. Um, I noticed something interesting about that song that I don't know if you guys will agree or or what, but after the bridge, it goes into that part where it's a bunch of guitar solos. And it reminded me a lot of Hangar 18. I know Hangar 18 huh. came out after. Yeah. But yeah. if you go listen to Hangar 18 and then go listen to the end of Hangar 18 where it's solos and the rest like solos. doing solos all the way through? Yeah, yeah. it yeah. sounds very much like the end of... not. I'm not saying the riffs sound similar, but just the, the, the concept, what they're doing there. You know, mm-hmm. riff solo, riff solo. It's very oh. reminiscent of Hangar 18 by Megan. So Hangar 18 is more reminiscent of this. Yeah. Correct, yes. <laughs> I should have said that. <laughs> Would you agree that Steve Harris is the maybe the most important yes. person in this band? Oh yeah, yes, absolutely. I mean, as much as definitely. Yeah. I mean, that, that's he's he's the James Hetfield of that band, basically. Yeah, For, yeah, yeah but also that also it, when Bruce first started, you know, during the the number of the Beast days, they came to ahead, uh, you know, because yeah. Steve Harris was you know pretty much trying to control the stage and act yes, rock star yeah. that he is, yeah, and you know Bruce being new is just like fuck you, I'm the goddamn lead singer, get the fuck yeah. out of my goddamn way. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. think about that. If that relationship had kind of it's kind of ugh. fizzled out, yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, it did. Yeah, they got over that. Yeah, it did. Yeah, they, that's true. They, you know, they they were gone for eight years. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny. I was I was watching um, the early years, the Iron Maiden. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. oh yeah, that's a good documentary. And it's got 
it's got a show with Diana, Paul Diano, mm-hmm. and um, it's got a couple shows with Bruce, I think. But the the difference in front, like Paul Diano, is perfectly acceptable. Like if that was all yeah. you saw, yeah, as that band was 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 him on stage, you're like, oh, he's fine. He's he's, he's yeah. good. He's 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 having a good time. He's he's a pretty good singer. But then you go and you watch the show that comes out like later with Bruce Dickinson, and it's like a different yeah. band. You know? It is. It's a, yeah. It is a completely the energy level band. is just through the roof all of a sudden. Yeah. And, yeah. They become a proper band, like a yeah. proper yeah. headlining mega band. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Because Diano just kind of air guitars when he's not singing. <laughs> he's not. He's not a. You know, like he's not a, a stick in the mud on the stage. But no, they were more like a punk band then, though. It seemed like. In a way, don't tell that, that to Steve Harris. Well, well, they I mean, had I know he did that, but they had kind of a no, but they had kind of that more street kind of vibe yeah. with him. Yeah, I know and, what you're saying. But yeah, yeah they were like, just. But he, the energy was so different. I mean, the one thing yeah. you got to realize when it comes to Bruce, though, I mean, especially even today, when you know he, he freaking survived cancer, yeah. and he's yeah. I mean, half the time I bet he's you know like not necessarily sick, but you know when you're touring and going that much. It wears weighs down on you, and he's still doing laps around the stage over yeah, and over no. again every single set. Oh yeah, every single time I see them, the last decade, it is mind blowing. Yeah, uh, there's no well, hell he, I could do that, and I'm like 20 years younger than the fucker. I mean, it's <laughs> he talks about it, and he talks about it in the book, and he says that it's it's it takes a lot out of him to do that, and it's oh, not sure. just his voice, it's not just it's everything about that singing that kind of style. It it kills your throat. Your, you know, your whole body is aching afterwards, and he has to like take time to just like recover after each show, especially at this yeah. age. I mean, he's you know, yeah, got to be mid sixties now. It's yeah. I can't believe there's still is he that old. Is he that old? I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's got to be sixties. I think I think Nick, Nico's almost seventy. Yeah, he's what? the oldest. Yeah, yeah he is. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Think, that's another Bruce thing. Early sixties. Uh, I mean, the whole Black Sabbath thing. Um, what's his name? Ozzy Osbourne? No, their drummer. <laughs> Tony, I, oh, oh, Bill Ward. Bill, yeah, when Bill Ward wasn't yeah. invited to that. I mean, let's face it, they were talking about how he just couldn't do it anymore. And then you look at Nico McBrain, it's like, fucking how the hell is he still doing that? <laughs> He's 65. Yeah, Bruce? So, no, Nico. Uh, Nico McBrain's 65. I thought it was closer to 70 than I saw, thought than, than, okay. than he is. That's still up there for a drummer. It is, A yeah. metal drummer. I, 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 that's... It, it concerns you, you know. It's like, how much longer can, can he, he keep doing this? And you know, <laughs> I, I mean, know. are they going to Bruce? Be Bruce is fifty nine. Bruce will be um, sixty this year. So what? I guess. I, I guess. Yeah, I'm I'm old too, so I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, hey, Rob Halford's sixty six. Wait, I'm the youngest on this podcast, so you guys are old <laughs> by, by <laughs> ten days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of the other songs like I said earlier, but. I think the prophecy for me might be the weakest song. It starts off almost like it's going to be this one like kind of epic sounding song, and then it just goes into this like yeah. kind of mel like just. It's a tra- I think it's a transition song. Yeah, it kind of gets yeah, you I guess. from. Uh, it just, it's not one that stands out for me. No, it's not. Well, yeah, maybe maybe you're right, Joe. Then again, they don't ever play it live, other than when they probably did the whole album. Yeah. I guess they had to play it then, but. Um, and they don't play only the good day young either. So I'd mentioned in an earlier episode that back in 88, my primary mission was to find music that was furious and angry and pissed off right, right, at right. the world. That was like, that was, 
the mission was to find basically thrash that was good, pissed off, angry. You know, Iron Maiden wasn't that no. at all. No, but no. but they were like my second favorite band or third favorite band. So it's it's weird, but it's it is good. it is interesting. I know what you're saying because they don't yeah. fit the mold. No. They're just no. they're just good. Like yeah, they're just good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I, I remember when I was first getting into music. You know, all I listened to the for, for the first year was was Metallica. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I had my class. I'm like, oh, yeah, and I'm talking to him about Metallica. And he's just like, I don't listen to that Metallica stuff. You know, I listen to lighter stuff like Iron Maiden. And I, I hadn't heard Iron Maiden yet, <laughs> but I'd seen all the T-shirts. And he says, lighter stuff like Iron Maiden. I'm like, they're lighter? The T-shirts are <laughs> scary. Like, yeah. 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 You think they yeah, were I mean, like crazy, they were like, crazy like, metal. Like, yeah. Yeah. I remember the first yeah. time I, the first, the first two, we, I got two albums at the same time. It was uh, Killers and, um, Power Slave. Uh, I don't remember which one I listened to first. I think it was Power Slave, but I'm like, this isn't. And that's their heaviest album. Heavy? Like, <laughs> Against yeah. High is not a very heavy song at all. I'm no. like, hmm. Well, I like it. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah, the, other, the other interesting thing is like, I, the, there's a lot of other bands that, are, that sound like Iron Maiden, like yeah. Sabotage, and these bands that have like that kind of vocalist that I'm have not. Heard of I mean, Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. We, we like <laughs> Halloween, but. Yeah, Halloween. Um, <laughs> But I don't get into those bands for some reason. There's something about Bruce Dickinson's voice that is just good. That just, it's you know, it's not captivating. Just him, and it's, it's the, it's the, yeah. it is. It's everything it's about the band. Do you listen I never listen to Samson. Samson. You listen to that, and then tell me if yeah, it's his voice. You know, if he does not, that, Samson is weird. That's a weird thing. Right. He, he, Bruce what? says in his book that Samson was a weird band too. So. What's the deal with the song <laughs> Man Watcher? <laughs> yeah. What's I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Never heard that song before. Well, you should listen. Yeah, yeah I mean, is it if you love a prequel to Man Eater, give it a shot and tell us what you think. You know what's cool about Samson is uh, they had a song that either drummer I just remembered is called Thunderstick. <laughs> <laughs> what Thunderstick was the drummer of Samson? Oh yeah, that was on that that was on that DVD, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I had one of their albums, but um, what's the first song on Killers? The instrumental. Um, oh, ride, Ides of, well, Ides of March. March. Yeah. Yeah. March. yeah. That's actually a Samson song that Steve Harris wrote oh. and gave to them. And then they just said, well, we're going to do it too now. <laughs> um, so I, I think there's three instrumentals on Killers, actually, right? Uh, I mean, well, right. Killers is all filler that, that didn't make the first album. So Killers is better. You need to talk to Samson. No. It, I keep thinking that. You <laughs> talk the same. Pick up the card with a smiley face. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but, talking about half baked. Yeah, half baked. Killers was most of Killers was already written when they recorded, you know, the original self titled. Oh. If memory well, serves I me mean, correctly, I mean, I keep one. They came out probably pretty close together, right? Yeah, they. I mean, yeah. Yeah, probably the year apart. Isaac March, uh, Genghis Khan. Okay, so it's just two. People say that's their best album. I don't understand that because I don't think it's even what is? no, five. not even close. Who no. said that? Even, no. I think I think Iron Maiden all, is better know. than Killers. I, I would say I think, yeah, I think the music is I, no, I maybe the production quality. But. I don't think it is. I think there are better songs on Iron Maiden than there are in Killers. Yes, personally, you are correct, sir. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Yeah. You're outvoted, Joe. I think like Prowler, Sanctuary, Remember Tomorrow, Running Free. I mean, just the first five songs on Iron Maiden are are fantastic. And then looking at Killers, it's like uh, the song Killers is great. Um, Murders in the Room. Wrathchild's good. Murders in the Room. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's good. But yeah, other yeah, than that, that's one of those that I like. I guess, I guess you guys don't. I don't know. I just, yeah. There's there's just too many good songs on Iron Maiden. Then again, that's that's goes back to the it's one of the first two albums I got by them. So I had a yeah, 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 that, yeah. That's a big that's a big deal. It, it is. It is. It's a big yeah, deal. It is. One, yeah. It was one of the two that I just listened to constantly of them. Yeah, and you can't replace that. You can't even. There's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, it's, it's not just, fair. Yeah. It looks like Killers came out pretty much a year to the almost a year to the day later than mm-hmm. Iron Maiden did. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that I you know you look on the internet you're going to see some stupid dumb shit, but that's one of the things that comes up a lot is that Killers is their best album. You know? I don't. Yeah, <laughs> it's impossible. It's not the right singer or drummer. Or, exactly. No, I know. Anything. And yeah. there's also I found at least three reviews of Somewhere in Time that said that album is. The worst of those five records we were talking about. That's I've, I've heard that as yeah. well, and I can't fathom how yeah, what they're, people are hearing. What? Except, what are they talking I mean, about? The difference between that is is you know kind of more the synth work. Yeah, the synth. Yeah, more of the eighties kind of eighties electronic you know stuff kind of going feeding into that album, which okay yeah, but, makes sense. But, yeah, but it's that's, still an that's, incredible album. I mean, oh my god, yes. or just well, you get people that. Don't want a band to change their sound at all. Mm. Yeah, you know, right. right. ACDC. <laughs> you know, <And> then, <laughs> they've never changed any music. They even joke it's, about it's, it. I think we talked yes. about it on this earlier. Yeah. Like they, they just kind of found their formula when Brian Johnson got into the band, and they just said, "This is what we're doing." Yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose if you if you uh, followed Maiden from the beginning and listened to. <laughs> Power Slave, and then the next album was Summer Time. That is kind of a departure, yeah. not a bad departure, but it's different. Yeah, it but is. that's a good thing. I mean, I, mean, I, would, yeah, I would say Power Slave is their heaviest album. Would you guys agree mm, with that? No, it's the, the, Brave New World. the title track is. You think Brave New World? Heavy. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, I don't really think of heavy when I think of Maze. Yeah, like, 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 you know what? Power Slave. You know what? I wanted to mention this too. I forgot when we were talking about the drummer. Um, his. Um, the, okay, so we'll go back to the album we're talking supposed to talk about, um, Seven Sun. Like that's the best, I think the best produced album they had up to that, or mixed. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then yeah. when, um, Brave New World came out, it was like still totally Iron Maiden, but I think the production was just like, I mean, it, obviously it's it's what twelve years later, but <laughs> yeah. it's so much. It sounds so clean, yeah, powerful. Yeah. And one of the big factors in that is they mixed or mic'd uh nico's drum his drums like they sound much deeper than fuller hmm. especially hmm. his kick drum like it's just that's a yeah powerful and he got really fast on playing it too you can tell <laughs> yeah. it's almost like well, he's like the, the, with one the bass drum so I, he's yeah. a master of that yeah. like yeah all the stuff he's doing is single bass drum and that's insane yeah, yeah. i don't know how he does but that's it that. that's a huge part of that album sounding newer and, and different is the drums just sound a lot better i think i mean do you guys yeah or i agree I, yeah their yeah. drums have always been kind of a little bit in terms of sound a little bit hit or miss depending on the album mm-hmm. no prayer sounds terrible by the way well, <laughs> the it, doesn't sound, it doesn't sound good for really it, it just sounds rough. well they record that in a barn or something too they they yeah, went a completely different direction when they record that album so so it's it's weird that album yeah, but I don't know. That's... But yeah, I hear what you're saying, Joe. It, it, I agree with you. It's, I mean, and the later, the latest albums have sounded all have sounded. Yeah, pretty so the, oh yeah, the sounds the the recording and the mixing has has been great. Not, yeah, not that it was bad ever. That was no, it was never. Yeah, I mean, 
they've figured out how to record metal albums in the modern era. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, mentioning Brave New World, that was the very first song that my son, I believe he was uh, between one and two at the time, headbanged to. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great song. Oh, yes. It, 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 yeah. Very prideful moment in my eyes. And then the day after, he ended up headbanging to a King Missile tune, which didn't make any sense whatsoever. But, we've, you know, he's won. Whatever. So, fuck it. Well, we've referenced that dark period of metal. Like yeah. the, the, the late 90s. Or 90s, yeah. And um, when, when Brave New World came out, and it was like, oh, fuck. Iron Maiden <laughs> back. Like yeah. yes, yeah. It was. It filled me up with the feels. And then they released "Dance of Death," and you were like, uh, yeah. "I was like, yeah." Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the that's the unfortunate thing. Like I think that after Brave New World, they really didn't put out a great album until Book of Souls. I think Book of Souls is yeah. a fantastic album. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but it was hard there from like 2003 to 2010, where it was like. Album after album, it was well. Okay. More on what more what Tim was saying though. Like, I mean, there's so many different opinions about what's good about Maiden. Like, some people mm-hmm. think that yeah, Killers is so good. I heard um, God, what is a uh, the the album that's got all the tank shit on it? Matter uh, of life and death. Matter of life and oh, death. Some people are like, that. that's like the third best Maiden album. It's like what? What the yeah, third uh, best? I don't, even know. I don't even think I've heard. Iron Maiden's my favorite band. And I don't think I've heard that whole. <laughs> it was like name two good name songs one on song on that album. Name one song on that album. Benjamin right Briggs or something. Yeah, the Benjamin Briggs song is good. Um, okay, what else? Name one more besides the title track. Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner Part Two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't. To Team Land Part Two. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's cool though that Iron Maiden's got such a humongous catalog. Yeah. That even yeah. there can be these kind of arguments. You can't. You can't say yeah. that. I mean, that's for me. You like, can't I objectively say Killers is worse than the other album. I mean, if you like that album, mm. and it's your favorite. I don't know about Clive yeah, Burr being better than Nico McBrain, but yeah. I mean, no, that's, that's <laughs> I'll talk to Chris about true. that. Chris, if Chris listens, he can he can comment on I'm, that. I'll I, let him. I don't. I mean, you watch <laughs> the two play, and it's uh, yeah. One looks know. like neither one looks bad, but one looks like he's just got <laughs> it better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's Nico, but yeah. I mean, Nico, Nico is, is, is doing even some stage show to it. I mean, he is always so crazy playing a set that, I mean, his, his arms are going crazy and then he yeah. comes sometimes somehow hits a gong behind him, you know, I, I prefer Nico. Yes. Yes. But I mean, Clive, when he's just sitting there doing his thing, he's sitting there doing his thing. I mean, obviously he's not as flamboyant I about mean, it. He's probably better looking the, classically, right? <laughs> Nico is one of the motherfuckers. Yeah. 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 The, the, yeah, I don't know what happened to that. But the beginning Pug of the prisoners is uh, <laughs> that uh, riff at the beginning of the of the prisoner, the drum thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. And it's just simple. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just like he's simple and effective. I don't know. I don't know. You ever notice in Weird Eagles Dare the mo- the vocal melody sounds like the Duelists? Mm. Huh. No, you didn't. You never you never notice like that was maybe I, I didn't. I mean, Iron Maiden copied themselves. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 but that, <laughs> I think that the verse melody is at least the beginning is identical. It's 
<laughs> yeah, it does. The bass on the Duelist is sick. <laughs> Same with Flash of the Blade. Actually, Flash of the Blade is even more. Hmm. The octave, he does like 16th note octaves that are just, I, mean, I don't even know how you're doing that. <laughs> it's like when Nigel when Tufnell you- was like, I, I see his hands and I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I see them moving. I don't understand it. <laughs> Hearing Iron Maiden, don't you, don't you think about the first time you just heard heavy metal? Whenever I hear any old Iron Maiden, I think, man, this is just like when I first heard heavy metal. No, you're older than us, Tim. Yeah, I mean, but, I, but that was gonna, one of, this, isn't that one when of the I first, first bands heavy guys, metal was Metallica? And it was just Metallica like, for me, probably. It's, it's oh, heavier than anything you know Maiden did. So no, I know. Well, probably because I grew up with you, Tim, but I know what you're yeah. saying. I mean, that's like, yeah. it's I, that this is going to sound weird, but I remember the smell of their albums. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember smells. Of there was a smell of, yeah. of when you open up vinyl and you like yeah. that. My, John, my brother, John, and I had a, we, <laughs> we thought when we got a dancing tape, it had a smell. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> this smells like whenever, evil. And when, yeah, that's what it was. Uh, yeah. Whenever an album smelled like, <laughs> so stupid. Oh, it smells satanic. Yes. Yeah. It was a certain type. I guess it was a kind of certain type of ink or certain. Well, type yeah. Whatever they use. Cardstock. They, they were maybe just name the episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> I think that's perfect. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean, though, because there was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, see, Especially like, I guess, why are we I guess it's not weird. With, it's it's wrong not with, weird. With, you couldn't not, help it. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. The smell wafted out of them. When you open, you're like, whoa. Yeah, that's the problem with music. MP3s have no smell. Right. No smell. <laughs> fucked up music. You're goddamn right. <laughs> you kids have no idea. It's not weird with you guys, but when I tell my wife that kind of thing, she's like, what are you talking about? Why didn't she smell it? <laughs> why would you smell it? I got to imagine a, a Bauhaus album probably has <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> it smelled like no, shit. The, I smelled like this album. I saw Jesus' eye. <laughs> Your album smelled like roses. It's the black one. I saw Jesus' eye. Remember when we got Danzig two on Easter Sunday, and then it yes. unfolded, and it unfolded into an upside down cross. Yeah, <laughs> that was the one. That was the one we smelled. It was like yeah. that, was so awesome. that set the tone. That was, was like. Sick. Bloop, bloop, bloop. There's a pain in the ass down oh. that motherfucker. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. You it can was, make a yeah. box out of it, too, if you want to. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we're listening, to, we're listening to Snakes of Christ as my dad takes us to church. Yeah. Like, something's yeah. not right here. Yeah. This is very strange. <laughs> it's awesome. But... It's good to get the whole story, though. <laughs> yeah. you just The Bible's just one side of the fucking story, man. Yeah. You need heavy metal that's, that's to fill in the gaps. That's the Church of Danzig you're talking right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, shocker. Shocker, we veered off off topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get back to the Lucifer because Satan. Devil. <laughs> right. Smells like Satan. What? Smells satanic. <laughs> well, I mean, think about the lyrics. I mean, Moonchild mentions, you know, Lucifer and uh, yeah. you know, the devil pops up a little bit. I mean, and that would make sense yeah. considering, you know, you know, Orson Scott Card's, you know, hardline religious guy. But uh, I, I just don't, don't. I don't. See, I still don't see where the hell the devil comes into the whole. I didn't part. read. Like I said, I didn't read the whole book, but I don't think they followed the book that closely. I don't think so either. <laughs> no, God, it would have been a bad album. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about chickens who want to picking up <laughs> eggs. Yes, <laughs> I don't think that would have worked too well. 
<laughs> going to the chicken coop in the mountains, West Virginia. Yeah, yeah no. This album, uh, it's weird because I was kind of disappointed with it for a little while after I got it. Jerk. Because <laughs> really? I was still comparing, I was still comparing it to Somewhere in Time, and I was like, man, it's not Somewhere in Time. Hmm. And, then you, and then you heard No Prayer for the Dying. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, I thought. <laughs> This was this was the album that was it was the most when I started getting Iron Maiden this was the most current one that had been come out yeah. right right like, I didn't get it when it came out but uh, yeah because yeah. yeah. uh, the next thing that came out was Bruce Dickinson's um, Tattooed Millionaire t- t- yeah and yeah. I it's a guilty pleasure album of mine still <laughs> I, I love the album but um, I remember thinking because I got that tape and I'm like wait. I'm like, oh shit! Is Iron Maiden breaking up? Like, what's what's going on? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. No internet. Yeah, and then right, uh, yeah. you're right, exactly. It's, yeah. So then it was kind of like tense, and then um, and then No Prayer for the Diamond came out, and and they, he took Yannick Gers from that band, you know, yeah. to Maiden. But um, maybe maybe that's why I liked No Prayer for the Dying more because yeah, I had maybe. the solo. Yeah, that could be. No, yeah. I was like, that makes sense. At least, yeah, thank God. <laughs> as much as I like Tattooed Millionaire in retrospect, so like at the time it wasn't that good. Mm. Yeah, I've it's, never well, heard the whole thing. Really? No, I don't think I. Uh, I don't think I have either. No, uh, I mean, it's, I think it's fine. It's it, it's fine. It's good. It, like heaviest rock album now, but and it's got some really cheesy. Imagine that you short. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think Bruce likes the cheese. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's probably why they're like, nah, we don't want you involved in the lyrics yeah. <laughs> so much. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's good songs on it, and there's a lot of... there's. Well, you guys, you guys would... At, at this I, point, probably I, would you know it. much more accepting of cheesy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we've established it that. It depends. But, it depends. I mean, it. Yeah. I think. I think. Hey, you, I think overall, you'd like the album. I just. I liked Rise and Fall by Halloween. So you, you know, did. Oh, <laughs> buddy. The, well, I think um, uh, the playing think the music's Tim, good on it. Like, there's just good musicians. Well, it, you don't like Yannick Gers, so maybe you don't think that. <laughs> well, I don't. <laughs> I just think he's goofy on stage. Yeah. I think he's yeah. a fine musician. I just don't. He's not as good, good as say, Smith. And what's the, he right. always looked like he's yeah. seventy. I know he did. Yeah, I know. Even back uh, yeah. in ninety when he was in the band, he, he just, did. <laughs> he looks like an old grandma, yeah. and still yeah. looks like an old grandma. <laughs> and he's still like, Rick, very, he's got the Paul right. McCartney syndrome where he gets older, he looks like an old woman. Yeah, <laughs> he always has. It's like, what they get that old woman in the band <laughs> with a jean jacket? It's, it's grandma. Yeah. What? Grandma. Ma. Fuck a what do you think of the house of the sea? Very Now you'll have to be my friend. <laughs> oh boy. King. We're always getting back to King Diamond. Was he who is, who is this? Your grandma. <laughs> I like how he's like, who, who is this? Yeah. Oh, the end. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're you're to, he's like laughing. Who, who is this? Who is this? <laughs> You're this is King Diamond. He's like, who, who, who is this? Why are you so scared? You're King fucking Diamond, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why are you scared? Yeah. You probably have upside down crosses on your face. You upside down crosses covering your feet. <laughs> yes. And you're, who, who is this? You don't talk like that. No. You're a Scandinavian who lives in Texas. Fuck you. <laughs> talk like that. <laughs> oh, my God. We know. <laughs> Come on, King. 
You're right. dead. Yeah, grandma. <laughs> but you're dead. In a way. Grandma. Yes. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so he answers the phone. And <laughs> don't even edit out the fact that he goes, are you still there? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's the, the drama. It's good direction <laughs> there. Hey, that should have been the phone uh, call. <laughs> Hello, King. <laughs> Click. Yeah. Did you hang up on me? I'm still alive in a way. I think you hung up on me. I'm not calling back. See, Maiden never stooped to that level of cheese. No. no. Bring your daughter to the slaughter is cheesy, oh, yeah. but it's not, it's not grandma Although, on the phone cheesy. Did you listen to the Blaze Bailey albums? I didn't. No. no they no, might, no. might be residing in there. I've tried, and just his, the music's okay, but his voice is not. Yeah, so brutal. It's not, like he's, it's not like he sings poorly. He just, I just don't like his voice. No, no, it's just it's, and it's it's right after Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. Like that's yeah, yeah, come on. How are you even going to compare? You know, I mean, some people like the Paul Diano stuff. I mean, and to make total sense to me, because I mean, I like that, but yeah, he's still nowhere as talented as as Bruce. And I mean, there's no way no. in hell plays. And it sucks for him because there's no way in fucking hell he was going to be able to be successful in that. Time. I know they they no yeah they set him up for. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't set him up purposefully to do it. They they needed to have a vocalist. Somebody had to. Yeah, they didn't. They weren't just going to be make albums of instrumentals nonstop. Well, <laughs> what I've read is that Steve Harris was going through a terrible time in his life. Like yeah. his, he was getting divorced and depressed, and uh, maybe like he had a vision of the band sounding different, but they didn't really. I don't know if the, the music didn't change enough or or what, but I I think he wanted to go like heavier, but it didn't work. What, what was the band that blaze was in bef- before that? He was, uh, couldn't even tell you. It was a fairly prominent band. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it just didn't work. Like you can't at that point in Iron Maiden's crew, you can't just say, well, we're going to do this. Well, Spain. I mean, it was the mid nineties. It was. It looks like a Wolf's Bane. Was yeah, the band. Was which a, I guess is a fairly well-known band. I in, guess so. in England or or somewhere. Is it just weird timing that Bruce left when he did? Uh, because the nineties was such a bleak time for metal, or do you think that he left because he could see that metal was going, kind of veering? I mean, I would, you know, just. I have no idea. Well, grunge. We were talking about that. Grunge, grunge, yeah. yeah, Grunge kind of blew things up so much, and so many of the artists of that time frame, you know, didn't want to follow suit. They didn't want to change their own kind of direction. But Maiden wouldn't have anyway. I mean, yes, but that made. I mean, marketability. I mean, selling shit is is. You want to make sure people want to buy your shit. And I think a lot of those, you know, every single label was dropping everyone else. Yeah. uh, Possibly Bruce was like, all right, you know what? Um, I want to go out on my own terms and, you know, write my own shit. So he just. Yeah. I think if I remember correctly, it was creative differences, what they quote, what they, what they cited. But, you know, I think a lot of that was just Bruce wanted to write his own stuff. And it kind of like when, you know, he didn't write anything for somewhere in time. And, you know, then he, you know, he was so excited that Steve Harris was like, well, yeah. do you have some ideas for Seventh Son? Um, I think that there was a point where 
Steve was just writing everything, and and yeah. Bruce was like, oh, I'm not really being involved anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, I by that point, I had basically written Iron Maiden off after Fear of the Dark. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I wasn't even surprised that Bruce left. Mm-hmm. I know because I was like, yeah. that album's not very good, and I was like, well, not, I probably would have left too. I mean, they're right. going down the tubes. Yeah. And I was kind of like, uh, it's you know, they're kind of done now. What sucked about that for me was that I had never seen them live. Oh, I, my I first time. Yeah, the first time I saw them live was 2003, I think. Oh, wow. So, I, you know, I was pissed when he left, and I was like, well, I guess I'm never going to see them live. Like, Yeah, I, actually, I only saw them once. Yeah. And then so, it wasn't until the 2000s that I saw them again, so yeah. Yeah. When he came back, I was super excited. I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got a chance to see Iron Maiden again. So now, I yeah. think I've seen them five times since then. Because so. yeah, I can yeah. swear, the first time I saw them, I think, was 2001, when they were touring with uh, Motorhead and uh, Ronnie James Dio. Hmm. Oh, okay. Anyone else? That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was no. I wasn't I at that show. I didn't go to that show. I mean, yeah, yeah, but that band. Let's face it. I think we can all concur. God damn it! Why the hell didn't we see them every fucking time? No matter even yeah, with Bailey. I mean, I would have. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think they show. even came to the states. Oh, uh, really? With Blaze Bailey. Bailey? I don't no, think I don't they think did. So. I think they were they were relegated to playing like small little theaters in England because mm. people were like, "Oh, that's not made yeah. anymore." Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think they were just like the diehards were. But still, one way or another, uh, that band live is probably one of the best live bands. I think they're the yeah. best. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Pound I mean, pound, they're probably it. Yeah. I mean, just the stage show and the, yeah. and the way that Bruce can still sing like that yeah. at his age yeah. and sound the way he does. Yeah. I think he sounds yeah. better yeah. now. Like that that uh, flight six six six. Yeah. Yeah. His voice sounds amazing on that. Yeah. Almost better than anything that he'd previously done ever. Just so, take care of himself now. I definitely so, got to yeah. question some, you know, the fashion choices. Like, what the hell are those? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, they never, they never look past had good that. outfits. No. I mean, <laughs> yeah, look the look 80s, at the denim jackets that Adrian Smith was wearing in the 80s. Come on. Even like the, well, the, and all the spandex. Feathers. And, all the spandex. The Summer in time shit, with the... Just random fur that they would have. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like you would get your ass kicked if you wore what they... And they didn't really have wrestling boots on. You know, God, <laughs> yeah. uh, the 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 blue yeah. and white spandex that Steve Harris but used to it wear. fit them like it's perfect. Yeah, I, it's, it works. It's so weird. I don't know just, if I'd say that jeans would probably fit them a lot better, but well, I don't. Well, they're very theatrical. Yeah, they, I want to see Bruce the something about they're above. I want to see him with the flag and the whole like right. British. Even if I yeah. military even Metallica had worn what they wore, like Metallica would have gotten crucified. But <laughs> oh no, Metallica can't do that. No, Metallica. <laughs> that's not that's not what they do. <laughs> They've always been more jeans and t-shirts. I found a website where a guy he thinks he knows what all the songs mean in terms of the story. And it's really, they're short descriptions. If all right, go, go ahead and... So, yeah. This is big right. for Keith. I don't know if this is true. This might just be someone's interpretation of it. But, okay, so Moonchild says, the devil addresses the parents of the seventh son of a seventh son, mostly the mother, and warns them that all resistance is futile. Of course. Maybe? <laughs> resistance is futile. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, in Infinite Dreams, the seventh son's father, himself a seventh, seventh son, has visions he does not understand and that torture him. Hmm. I guess that would be the dreams part. I guess so. Uh, can I play with madness? The seventh son's father looks for an expl- explanation of his visions and consults a prophet. He doesn't like what he's told. Does he? <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay. Uh, the evil that... Men- <laughs> yeah. Uh, the... The evil that men do. Uh, the seventh son of a seventh son is conceived. The father possibly dies. So, okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe. Yeah. You might, okay, might have a good son. 
Yeah. It is interesting that at the point where the title track comes in, that kind of is where the whole Seventh Son yes. kicks in, I think. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they don't really the, get to the, the story until like the second of the album, side. the guitar yeah. and verse. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that part, little, yeah. Like, that, yeah, that, that you know, 30 little, second yeah. interlude. Yeah. yeah. Seven. But yeah. So, speaking of, yeah. I, I meant to mention this too, is um, for this podcast to share, but they, I was watching the DVD for uh, Made in England, which is the, it, it was the tour for that album. Mm-hmm. And they stop and Bruce gets up to talk and he says something to the effect. And it's, it's so dorky. He's like, we're going to play the next song and it is it is a very difficult song <laughs> this is a very difficult song to play <laughs> a very difficult song we're going to do next a very difficult song we're going to do next why does he say that what are you talking <laughs> <laughs> cool I, I right. mean vocalist most that's, of your but he's all serious it's, it's tough we, you feel like we, you feel like he's going to be like we may not make it through this one. <laughs> Someone might die. It was good to know you. I mean, he's like... Then it won't be him. <laughs> no, he'll be just fine. You barely... You had the least big part in that song. It's a 30-minute song that you sing three minutes in. Yeah. Well, All right. Uh, the title track, this guy says, uh, Birth of the Child with Supernatural Powers. Good and evil both try to take him over. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the prophecy: the young man has harnessed his powers to discover that disaster looms. Naturally, no one listens to him, and the village is destroyed. What? What? Yeah, village, you, what? village apparently is like <laughs> back, you know, back, back in the village, probably. Back in the village. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's weird. It's like the village. Oh, okay. The village where they collect their eggs. <laughs> the village from power. Back in the village from power. Right, I guess. So. Yeah, there you go. It's a throwback. Uh, the clairvoyant, uh, the seventh son of a seventh son is now a seer who has control of his powers, although they quickly submerge him and are probably the cause of his death. No, that one's wrong. Okay. Clairvoyant is somebody else. Yeah. Do you think? No. Yeah. I don't feel like that. I don't feel like they're. Yeah. Hey, no, I wasn't he's, in on this he's trying concept. to put each of the songs into the storyline. But I don't think the clairvoyant is the same person. As the seventh I think son. it's. Well, in the book, there's the girl that's picking up the chicken eggs, and then there's the kid <laughs> born later. They're, they work together. Oh, okay. I'm, this this is according to the Amazon reviews because I didn't get that far in the book. Yeah. So, but no, there's there's two people in that seventh son story. Okay. okay. But yeah. All right, and I so evil that men do, or only, only good die young. Yeah. A uh, bit of reflection on the events. Was it all worth it? Back to square one. What? Yeah, it sounds know. to me like it's. I mean, this is clearly just some dudes. Yeah, it's just somebody's. Yeah. I just thought it was interpretation trying to try to, make, to. Yeah, yeah, trying I to make these songs fit into the whole concept. I think he could have benefited from like a forum, maybe. <laughs> I think like, yeah, we that, could have had him on the show. <laughs> we could try to defend his position. We could have rebutted things. Yeah, who is this guy? <laughs> um, I don't think he. Uh, how old is that post? Does it say? Let me see. Who, should we give him credit? <laughs> I think we, we could. Maybe I can send. I can send this link out. Yeah, it's on my phone. But I don't, I can... I don't think his theses are um, peer reviewed. 
<laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's on the internet. They're clearly not peer He didn't check with Bruce, uh, Steve Harris on this. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I'll send this link. Uh, yeah. If I was in Iron Maiden, I'd be like, you guys need to get a life. <laughs> <laughs> for me, uh, the one thing for this album is uh, my brain doesn't work very well, and I have a horrible, horrible, horrible memory, and even though I've been a vocalist and sung songs i can never remember any lyrics uh infinite dreams dreams. was actually one of the very few songs that i used to sing my son to sleep with in fact not really yeah (laughs) so not probably the most positive thing to be son (laughs) but uh i don't know i knew all the lyrics and um it's a badass tune oh yeah Yeah. it's awesome really good well i think the last thing i'll say about maiden is Ever? <laughs> Ever. <laughs> and I'm never going to talk about them again. The longevity that band has is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you know, Tim, you said earlier that you're, you know, when this album came out, it wasn't as, you didn't look at it as good as... as somewhere in uh, time. Somewhere in yeah. time. But clearly we go back and listen to these albums all mm-hmm. the time and, oh, yeah. and enjoy them start to finish. And it's 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 amazing the, the fact that I can put on any of those early Maiden albums, you know, and just... yeah still enjoy them as much today as I did back yeah. in the eighties. It's crazy. Yeah. Like rhyme of the instant mariner bands, live I mean, still gives me chills. Yeah, know? exactly. Like, and there's oh, some bands oh, oh. we've talked about on the show that yeah. were like, I don't, they're good, but I don't go back and listen to stuff a lot. Like mm-hmm. maiden just for some reason has that longevity factor. Yeah. that just, I can they listen do. to them anytime and enjoy it. Yeah. Start to finish. Well, coming into mate or to metal, like in 88, 89 was awesome Iron Maiden was awesome for that because they had this huge catalog. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even 86 was like that, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you had to go back and, like, find the albums. And And all of them, I mean, even if, like, you know, as we discussed, you know, Killers, some of us didn't think was all that good. There was not a bad album yet. I mean, their first bad album was the next one. No. (laughs) I think when when we first... I I didn't. Even the next one wasn't bad at the time. Like, it was Uh, just... Compared compared to everything that came before it, it was garbage. Fuck it. Who cares? Um, (laughs) I know that when when we first got into Maiden, when Tim and I first got into Maiden, we had... I had a tape, and I listened to this tape every night. One side was Power Slave, the other side was 1984 by Van Halen. (laughs) And I would flip them back and forth every night when I go to sleep, so... I heard Power Slave every other night mm-hmm. when I was what twelve years old, yeah. going to sleep. That and I just and to this day, like I'll hear that album, and I'll still think of like, oh yeah, I remember having yeah. this album on tape when I went to bed at night. <laughs> yeah, Maiden yeah. were my favorite band until I heard Metallica, <laughs> which was about a about a month later, I think. Mm-hmm. I heard Master Puppets. I don't even know how we're gonna do Metallica. It's gonna yeah, be multiple, I, multiple things. It's gonna have I think, to be. I think I, think I might see. even peace out for at least three of them because <laughs> Eric, three. <laughs> that could be I don't think we're doing more than two. Solo, solo albums. Is, nah. No, I think I we'll, mean, we'll, we'll stick with two tops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so would you decide on sides for that one? Sides. You know, side oh, A and like side B. Side one, side B. Oh. <laughs> Well, the, uh, the vinyl has four sides, so... Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Really? Um, hmm. It's a double album. All right, let me get the social media stuff out of the way. So, <clears throat> facebook.com 
slash somewhere in time podcast. Twitter, yeah. twitter.com slash SIT music podcast and Instagram.com slash somewhere in time podcast. Yes. Find us. And we're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. Um, obviously, if you're listening to this, you found us somehow. Yeah. So keep subscribing and keep listening and give us hey, feedback. Yeah, comment. Comment. Us, we're terrible. Let us know how we're, we're doing. If, yeah. if we suck, let us know so we can get better. If you like what you heard, let us know. Yeah. If you don't like us, don't tell us. <laughs> Depend. It depends. If, if yeah. you really hate us, I'm sensitive. I don't need the, the hate, but got <laughs> some constructive criticism. I'll take that. One good thing for every bad thing. Yes. All right. All right. One more another. Yeah. Let's end the fuck out of this one. Yeah. Let's let's close this one out. <laughs> in the fuck. Literally. Let's end the fuck out of this one. <laughs> energy. Energy. Aggression. Power. To sum it up, it's a vulgar display of power. Metal and in certain other forms of rock give teenagers something to believe in that they get no place else. The human element of making music is what's most important. Singing into a microphone and learning to play an instrument, that's the most important thing.